I think it's very appropriate that I'm singing it. I want to hit eponymous for Christmas, and we're going to be doing the Fantastic <laughs> Beasts one. That's true. That, uh, that, uh, what Jigger wanted a hippopotamus for Christmas as well. Yeah, he really wanted a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> I think it was oh, a she. She or he or whatever it was. The, there we go. It I'm has back. the little heart throbbing little nose. Ooh, how about now? Oop, I hear something. Yay, I had my. I barely hear you. Plugged in a little weird. Good evening. Good evening. Can you hear me okay or not very well? No, I hear you fine. Trisha, can you hear or no? Yeah, yeah. It was just like Sue went down really low. Oh, that, yeah, that always happens, I think, when we add more people. But no, you sound good now. Okay. (laughs) I just didn't have my mic plugged in correctly, and now I do. Yay! Excellent. This is so much fun. All my old friends I haven't talked to in a long time. I know. It's been a very long time. It has. And we have something really exciting to talk about. Hippopotamuses. Hippopotamuses. <laughs> and and uh, since this is going to come out fairly quickly, but probably not quite quickly enough for this, is anybody going to the Yule Ball on Friday? No. 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 There's a Yule Ball? Barnes & Noble is having a Yule Ball at all of oh. their... Yeah, I would, except all my Barnes & Noble locations have been um, shuttered in the last, you know, five years. Oh. Sorry. I don't even know where the closest one is anymore. I was going to say, I think there might be one. Mm, I think it's still open. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think there's one up in Cranberry. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to go. Huh. Ray Civil will know this one. I'm going to go to Lloyd Center. Nice. <laughs> so I wasn't going to go, but I have friends that are going, and they've talked me into it. Oh, I bet you they really twisted your arm for that too, huh? <laughs> well, it's I didn't want to dress up. If I could just wear my robes, I would have been happy, but you know, it's a Yule ball and you gotta kinda of dress up and Yeah. But Mooney had a great idea. I said, I'm just gonna go as a portrait and Mooney said, Go as Professor Sprout's portrait. Mm-hmm. That'd be perfect. Yeah, that'll be fun. So that's I was gonna say you can see you can be a Weasley and then you could just go in your robes. Your your other robes. <laughs> that's true. I still have the red spray paint from when we spray painted mom and Calvin's hair uh, for the last book release. So that'll tell you how long ago that was. I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> well, the worst thing that'll happen is you just have red hair for a while. Yeah, that's true. Or orange. Yeah, more orange. So there is a possibility that I'm going to get called away in the middle of this. My truck is stuck in the mud. I heard I oh, no. that. My brother doesn't sound very fun. No, my brother's supposed to come and pull it out for me, and he's not supposed to need me. I left the keys in the car. He's bringing the kids to help, but if worse comes to worse, they're going to come and get me. Because okay, that sounds like a perfect kind of thing. No, if I leave it out there, then it won't snow tonight, and I'll have to use it to get to work in the morning, and I won't be able to. But if we pull it out, then maybe it'll start snowing tonight instead of at 9 tomorrow morning, and I won't have to go to work at all. That yeah. would be a good thing. I don't know. It would be a very good thing. Either. Yeah. So. Well, are we excited to talk about this movie? I'm pretty excited. I am, too. I, I got my screenplay already. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any notes, so I'm winging it. Um, oh, I don't have any notes. I just got the <laughs> 
we're good. I've been I've been rereading it only because I know I miss like half the dialogue because I'm so busy watching everything mm-hmm. that I'm like I need to go back and watch this whole thing again because yeah. just reading what that has in the book I'm like I miss so much. What? <laughs> <laughs> but the book is really descriptive, right? That's what I uh, told. Yeah, told. it is. Like, I mean, like in the beginning of the movie. You know how they go through all the newspapers mm-hmm. and stuff? It's not as descriptive as that. Right. Like, it goes, we see various magical newspapers, headlines from the 1926 regarding Gringwald's attacks all over the world. And it says, Gringwald strikes again in Europe, Hogwarts school, increased security, anti-wizards feeling on the rise. Where is Grindelwald? Is anyone safe? Hmm. So then, and, they, and, and then they added ones because they added the giggle water, which I love. Yeah, like the advertisements and stuff like that. I guess. Ah! Well, <laughs> I thought I spilled something and I didn't. Well, good. Sorry. That's good. So, Part of that's just how how great Jacob was in the movie, but hmm. the giggle water. I mean, did, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I post. I think I posted the video. I don't know if I posted it in Pufol. Oh, I just when he was. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that the, was so cute. The one where he was doing the different uh, spells. Yeah, he had no idea. He was just making shit up. <laughs> he was he's such a no match. It's not even funny. So we have had a request from one of our listeners that when we introduce ourselves, we say our name and then maybe say a couple of words or something so that he can put our names with our voices. So, Aaron, you're okay. You're the only guy on here, yes. so we're going to figure that one out. But the rest of us – so just, you know, instead of just saying I'm Aaron or I'm Sue, say uh, – I'm Trisha and I'm a Hufflepuff. There you go. <laughs> just yeah, something. but so is Sue. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm a Slytherpuff. Just something so he can get so a little Sue. bit <laughs> – According to Scarlet. <laughs> And me. A little bit. Yes, yes, that's true. You were the one that got so excited I wore a green shirt. <laughs> I have a picture somewhere. <laughs> I know. Um, so we'll let I'll start this and then and I don't know what we're gonna put this out under. Um I guess it's gonna go out under Potterfic Weekly. That makes sense. Special edition. I yeah. think that'd make the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's something weird going on. Oh my. We need search and rescue for Skype. Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. <laughs> You've got three now. <laughs> what have you done, Alex? You're calling people. Don't call strangers. <laughs> oh dear. Wow. I. You almost have ruined Charlie to tell for me there. <laughs> And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed with squirrel breath. Who dares enter my chamber? (laughs) (laughs) Can you do that again? (laughs) Who dares enter my chambers? (laughs) Save that for something it totally needs to keep you. You know what? I think she just replaced Scott. (laughs) Sex and snorkags. Awkward. Yeah, Google I have Google always Google. Okay, Google Food I have, came I was having fun. Well, that's oh. always good, too. 
We're not fun anymore. You're a different kind of fun. You don't want it to be the same kind of fun. I was say, I don't want to know what kind of fun you were having. <laughs> and that's all we're going to say about that because... Because <laughs> we don't want to know what you were doing. Thanks. Now you're just making it seem even worse. <laughs> you are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state, it's all. Doing the Ryan thing. Oh, Want to hear my stupid story? Yes. <laughs> I know you did something because you sent me a message and was like, "Do I have a story for you?" And I'm like, "Oh no." I'm sorry, I just broke a lot of memories, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit, me and my oversharing." <laughs> you do like to do that. She flews the headmaster's office. And Albus says, good evening, Minerva, is there a problem? Albus, I have an unconscious Death Eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just... (laughs) (laughs) Because we were slightly off topic. Off topic? Us? Never. Never. No, not at all. How dare you, Sue? How dare you? I know. We're in depth when we're not off topic. Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. Gave me some big brassy balls. Well, you know, we have to have balls. That's what we do. I go, I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Bloody buggering hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. (laughs) I hate being responsible. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the family of podcasts that are, is Potterfic Weekly. I am Sue. I am the one that is the main host, I guess, and I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I am Trisha. I am a Hufflepuff. I'm. I have no. I used to be on Peoncast. Yeah, that's all I can think of. All right, that's me. <laughs> All right, and I'm Rasif. I'm not here very often, and I wander around a lot. <laughs> you do. Oh, and I'm a Slytherin. And I'm Aaron. I'm also a Hufflepuff, and I'm the one with the lower voice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, and I like long walks on the beach too. You, uh, oh, damn it! I forgot about that kind of stuff. I could have did that. And. And congratulations are in order for Aaron, who has just gotten engaged. So congratulations, Aaron. That's so exciting. Thank you. Yay! Yeah. Just the, just last week. So wow. very, very new. I'm excited. Congratulations. And good news. My intended is a very big Harry Potter fan. In fact, we went oh. and saw a movie recently together that we really enjoyed. Really? Mm-hmm. What was it called? What that could be. It was called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. No! Did you know I went to see that, too? Me, too. Twice. I'm jealous. I wish I got to see it twice. (laughs) Full-on robes both times. Oh, that's nice. That's wonderful. (laughs) I took my son, and he fell asleep during it. Oh, no. The lady that uh, I went with works really early in the morning so she usually goes to bed about six o'clock at night and the movie didn't start till six so she nodded off a couple of times but her son just like elbowed her every time she nodded off so she watched most of it 
I got to go to a theater that had reclining seats, and it was oh, awesome. Oh, and I would have totally been out like a <laughs> <laughs> When I saw it in 3D, we had kind of reclining seats. I saw it in the old theater um, where they filmed Halloween Town. Mm, okay. So cool. That was kind of fun. Yeah, I saw it in 3D also. At least I think I did. Yeah, I just saw it in 3D. I didn't want to <laughs> pay for that ticket as much as it was, but it was the only time I could go. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I went down to get the tickets for 3D, and they said, oh, no, it's at 1 o'clock and at 10 o'clock, and you're asking for the 4 o'clock, that's in 2D. And I was like, I don't want that one. And she said, well, it's five minutes to one. You could go in now. And I said, yeah, but my brother can't get here in five minutes, so that's not going to work. So I said, we'll come back tomorrow. And then I said, can I, can I wear my robes? And she said, oh, I can't wait to see people dressed up. So I wore, <laughs> wore the robes and took hat. You took hat. I took hat. Hat got to watch the Fantastic. movie as well. Oh, <laughs> he was very hat happy. Probably loved it. He did. He did. So, how did he say? Wa- I know him. He's a Hufflepuff. Yes, he did. He said <laughs> Hufflepuff. <laughs> I had a lady ask if she could take my picture in front of the movie poster. That was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw one little girl dressed up, but she was really cute. Aw. I don't know if anybody... But the first one I went to, my boss's... She's not like my boss's boss anymore, but she used to kind of be was there. And I was like, hi! (laughs) She's like, I'm not surprised you're here. (laughs) Yes, it was totally it. She looked at me and went, I should have known you'd be here, Sue. (laughs) (laughs) So my reputation precedes me. No. We had, a, we had a couple people wearing shirts, but nobody wore like dressed up around me. I guess I don't have they don't have the Harry Potter spirit anymore. Oh, I don't know what's wrong with people? I know. Well, some of the stuff might be a little tight on some people. Yeah. <laughs> I did wear my Neville would have done it in four books shirt though, which is always a. <laughs> that's oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> I love that. I wore that shirt to the Harry Potter world in. Um, in Orlando and like one of the people who worked there said, that's the best shirt I've seen. And she'd seen like, you know, thousands of shirts at this place. So oh, I was very, I'm sure. I was very, very happy about that one. I've not seen that one. You'll have to post a picture. That would be fun. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to have to get that book. I mean, get that book, get, get, get that, that shirt. <laughs> I want the I've book had it too. For forever. See if I can find a photo of my sister and I, uh, with it, with the shirt. Anyway, that's, that's something else. Yeah. So shall we kind of go through and just say general impressions and like what we liked best? Or do we just kind of want to go through the whole movie step by step? Aaron has notes. So maybe uh, we should just let Aaron lead us. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I do have a few notes. Not a lot of notes, but a few. Why don't we just go kind of go through the movie and then while we're at like say, oh, this is my favorite scene. Because you know what? Most likely everything's going to be. Oh, we already know what my favorite scene is. Poor little hippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yes, Trisha started off by whistling hippopotamus music for us. Fantastic. Yeah. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Sorry. So, okay. were people, were you guys spoiled as to uh, the surprise, who who the surprise person at the end was? Did you know that was coming or, or I okay, I think I was more surprised about who played him. Okay. 
That's, That's kind what, of what I, I was surprised about. Uh, yeah. I did I not know could, I, about that I guess that we could either. say it, because whoever's going to listen to this knows we're just going to tell you the whole story. That's right. I should say spoilers. Point. <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, spoilers everywhere. Spoilers, well, this yeah. whole thing's a spoiler. If yeah. you have, okay, how about this? This is the whole thing. If you have not seen this movie, don't listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> you tell them. Because it's stopped. Because it ruins it for everything. All right. Okay. Well, the reason I brought that up is because the opening scene is the back of Graves' head, and it has this blonde hair uh-huh. superimposed on it, and then he casts a spell which kills or knocks down everybody, and then it goes into the newspapers. So we'll we'll leave that until we get to the end, and then we'll discuss who had the blonde hair. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I really need to go see this again because there's. I, know, I didn't so even do notice that the first time. <laughs> I didn't notice it either. Wait. Okay. I want to talk about the newspapers because. Uh, yes. The that was the first. Uh, the af- this is after the main. Was this after the main title? This is after the main title, wasn't it? Because it started off. It starts off with um, Graves, just- and then it goes to the WB logo, with the couple of notes right. of Hedwig's theme that goes into the new music. Yeah, uh, the opening to me was so strongly reminiscent of the later David Yates Mm -hmm. movies. In particular, the one that was most like to me was Half Blood Prince because I remember that one. You had the uh, it started off with the newspaper articles about uh, Harry in the Ministry, and Mm -hmm. I just it was it was very it was and it was was very reminiscent of that. It got you right into it. It was like, okay, we're this is Harry Potter. This is David Yates, Harry Potter. This is, you know, um, it was like a, it was like, it was like putting on a familiar pair of shoes. They fit mm-hmm. just right, and you just kind of, you kind of be comfortable there. Yeah, it's a yes. friend mm-hmm. drinking yes. a glass of wine. Yeah, it was, and yeah. I guess that's one of the things that we should touch on is that for the Harry Potter films. A lot of people were disappointed because there were things that weren't in the movies that were in the books and people wanted to see everything. Uh And so the great part about this movie is the book that we've had is basically an encyclopedia that has nothing to do with the movie that we saw. And there was no way that we would expect anything except for the beast that we do get to see Uh to be in it. So there's, there was no disappointments Everything that was there. Go ahead. I think. Okay. No, but I understand. Everything's there because she doesn't. There's nothing like. Yeah. Like you said, there's so much missing in the Potter movies that we got in the books. I'm not to the point where I'm like, I wish there was a book because I know there's more stuff in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I want more detail on on things, I guess. I think that's not. We might get more detail in the next few films. Well, yeah, there's going to be five. What? There's four more films. Four and more coming. From what from what I understand, I guess when this comes out, there there's still some deleted scenes, mm-hmm. and we're going to get all the deleted scenes, like the livery song, or what is the school? Ilvermorny. 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 That- yeah, they, they. I guess the girls. The girls sing. That song, oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it, I don't know. Where, don't ask me where I found where I saw that video, but I'm like, okay, I haven't gotten through the screenplay. I haven't gotten through the screenplay yet, though. Mm-hmm. I hope they release it as a whole extended version and not just here's the deleted scenes as an extra. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be nice. 
I prefer that too. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, it would be nice and put them person. in the context. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, hell, I'll pay more for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to pay more. Yeah. And and then we go to this icon. Is there more you wanted to say about the newspapers, Aaron? Oh no, that was that was pretty much it. It just. Um, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot in the newspapers that kind of mm-hmm. just kind of flew by. I know. I, I wish I could hit pause. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I'm sure there is, um, I haven't looked online for screen caps, but I'm sure that, um, you know, if you went through that with a fine tooth comb, you'd see all sorts of really great Easter eggs. Um, I, I enjoyed how it kind of very quickly got you into the setting mm-hmm. uh, or the, into the, into the, the time. And if, and of course, as, as, an actual, you know, a Harry Potter fan, you know, and you, you, and if you know enough about Grindelwald, that kind of got you in, into the general area, and then of course the the rest of the setting got you the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. But it was it was very quick, and as as it was in Half Blood Prince, a very quick way of establishing the setting, and mm-hmm. uh, you know what the world that they were in at that exact moment. Tis true. And then we go to Newt on the boat, and he's. Sitting there, and and the the suitcase clicks open, and I I like it when he puts the suitcase in his lap and just sort of whispers in and says, "Soon, very soon, stop." <laughs> Behave yourself. He's like squirting a little. He's like squirting a little child. Mm-hmm. And it's Duncan, right? No, I think it's Duncan. Yeah, um, I can't John. What I wanted to ask is who. It's D O U G A L. Dougal. 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 I think Dougal is the um Dougal? is the demi guys. Yes, Dougal is the demi guys. I've been trying to find this, by the way. Uh, maybe Sue, who's seen it twice, I cannot find anywhere the stupid Niffler's name. The Niffler is not named. I thought he. I thought he, I thought he was point. Dougal. The I thought that he was Dougal as well the second time through when I first heard him say it and then I was like oh, I said like oh that's the Niffler, but um, I listened to the Speak Beastie podcast which is all about Fantastic Beasts and they said that they didn't that they don't think it's been named and I they've done all their research so I'm thinking that it has not been named. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking, kind of looking through the. Niffler sits on trolley with money bags. Um... You know, part of me just wants, I want a Niffler. Part of me's like, no way in heck. <laughs> they no, are no. He's so cute and cuddly. He's he is very cute. Depends on your, your ethics. Because it'd be great, because he'd bring home all this treasure for you, but he oh, yeah. go through all the bad stuff, all the trouble. Yeah. No, it just keeps on calling him Niffler. It's much be not, much nicer to have a uh, a bow truckle. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the bow truckle was very um, was very cute and not at all, uh, you know, mean like you. Ch- I thought chaotic. it was like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're only mean if you bother them. Wow, well, Harry was holding him really tightly. Yes. Mm, yes. And I finally clicked in me the other day that his name was basically what he does, right? So his name is Pickett, and Bow Trickles mm-hmm. pick locks. Oh. I thought they just picked out one. Well, they help pick out one things, too. But the the troll guy in the bar, he wanted the Bow Trickle because the Bow Trickle picked locks. 
Okay, is uh, he a troll or is he? I, don't I thought he, he was a goblin. Goblin guy, whatever he was. I don't know because I thought trolls were really big, but and he was short. But goblins, there was a troll in the bar, but uh, the the character that actually they had that he had to deal with, I think, was a goblin with weird like backwards facing yeah, fingers. I know he had backwards fingers, and the goblins in the bank don't have backwards facing fingers, so maybe he, because that's why he's a bartender and not a bank teller. Maybe, hmm. maybe he's Perhaps. a mix of something. Uh, I'm in the That's why he got shipped off to mix. America. You're gonna do what, Ray? Uh, I'm gonna jump on the mix bandwagon. Okay. I think okay. he's a mix mm. of something. Yeah, that's possible. That makes yeah. sense. I have no idea what. <laughs> so we have uh, Newt going through customs, and if any, you know, if you've seen the trailer, you've you knew that scene was coming, and. I love the muggle-worthy setting on this suitcase, and you kind of hold your breath because you don't know what it's going to be when he opens it because he's got it open behind, you know, with the lid mm-hmm. facing you. And then you get to see it, and it's got a Hufflepuff scarf, which doesn't look like any Hufflepuff scarf I've ever seen. Hmm. In 1920. Yeah. yeah even in the screenplay, you keep on it, – it, it, Joe keeps on putting in here, like, close-up on the Hufflepuff scarf and stuff like that. So <laughs> – he wears that scarf constantly. Mm-hmm. And she did say that this was going to be the year of the Hufflepuff. She, we're, the Hufflepuffs are going to get a little love here. Yeah, we need love. So, and I, they couldn't have picked a bigger Hufflepuff to play the part of Newt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Eddie Redmayne was quite British and adorable. Mm-hmm. And and just uh over-the-top Hufflepuff, if you've seen any of his mm. interviews and stuff, he's just hilarious. Yeah, he's, yeah, he is very, he, he's very much, he's very much Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Cute. I liked him as Marius myself. That's when I fell in love with him. Oh, God, for shame, I do not even know your name. Dear Mademoiselle, won't you say well, I fell in love with him as Newt. I like him as Newt. Well, I fell in love with him as Marius because he was singing to me, and that was just so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to see. Uh, I need to see uh, Les Mis then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Les Mis, he, right? Yes. Yeah, it is Les Mis. Yeah, he honestly, he was he was very very good. I was really impressed with him. Hugh Jackman, I could have could have done without, but Eddie. Well, and I, I think, and I could be wrong because I'm remembering this from quite some time ago, but I think that Joe either wrote Newt with Eddie in mind, or he was like one of the very first people that they approached when they had the script because I, what I read was that he didn't even have to audition. audition. Yeah. No. Because Joe said, I want him. And he said, I'm not going to sign on to this without reading the screenplay first. And so they they said that they had approached him, but it took some time before he agreed because he wanted to see what what it, you know, what was on the, because, you know, he must have heard heard about Cursed Child. (laughs) You know, Joe's fantastic writer, but this was her first time writing a screenplay. So I can understand him being a little hesitant. Mm Mm-hmm. But he totally embraced the role. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like the more I think about the, I'm like the more I'm like, yeah, I like him as Newt. At first, I was a little put out because I kind of thought he wasn't quirky enough. He played a very staid. Is that a good word? Character. He was very mm-hmm. low key, very calm, almost shy and hesitant. Very shy, very um, very introverted. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. And like I said, I think I said in the other podcast, I'm like, I guess when I was thinking of it, I was thinking of the uh, the alligator hunter guy. The alligator. Oh, uh, uh, you're talking about the crocodile hunter. Oh, yes, yes, thank yes. you. Uh, I was thinking more someone more like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little bit more outgoing than this commander. Uh, yeah, sure. exactly. And I think that's what it kind of like kind of put me off at first when I was. But the more that I kind of like, okay, I have time to think about this. I'm like, okay, no, I can see being more like this. Well, I think that because we know that Luna married into this commander family, that you kind of think of them as being more flamboyant. So, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I can too. see where you're coming from with that, but I thought he really nailed this because this is a man who prefers to be with his animals than with people. Mm-hmm. And so I can see, you know, I can totally understand this where he's just, just leave me alone. Let me be with my animals and I'll be perfectly happy. But if you're making me interact with people, then I'm not so happy. Kind of a thing. Right. So I guess we should touch base on the um, – oh, I had the word and then it just like flew out of my mind. The the people that – the Salemers, no. is that right? Yeah, they were the – the Anti-Witchers. Yeah. I think they were called Salemers, but I'm not positive New, about New that. Salem? So New Salem? Salem? No. I'm blanking too. <laughs> um. I'm, trying, I'm trying to look it up. I'm looking – so they're on the, the steps of this bank and they're they're talking about how there's witches among us and and of course we have uh Tina who's there eating a hot dog and and we we somebody I, I think it's it, Mary Lou. Yes, that's the lady on the steps. Yeah. Second Salem, is that do you think is that Second it? Does Salemers? That sound right? I think that's it. Second Salemers. Is what the, how they refer to them, I think. Right. Okay. That's that sounds right. New Salem Philanthropic Society, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. Yeah, there we go. So that's that's it. Yeah. And this is where we get to... So we, we get a whole cast of characters, right, in this little scene. We get the, the New Salemers, which is Mary Lou, and then... Oh, and I just have the worst time with his name. Um, Credence. I, Credence. Yeah. I want to call him Constantine. I don't know why, but that's the word that comes <laughs> to my mind, and it, I know it's not not right. Oh, I just want to start. I just want to start singing like Sweet Mary or whatever it is hmm. when I see, when I see hear his name. Hmm. And uh, we get to see Tina, right? It's Queenie and Tina, right? Yes. Yeah. So Mary Ann is or Mary Lou is the head of the anti wish crowd, the right. Salem Act. Okay. That's the mom. And then we get to see Jacob. So that's that really short scene and we get introduced to the Niffler. Mm -hmm. So we get what, five or six key players right there in that just real fast little thing. And we have the Niffler who's escaped and 
Newt goes after it. Jacob's going up to the bank because he's trying to get a loan to start himself a bakery. And Tina sh- follows because she's a quote orer. Mm. I'm saying that in quotes. Or is she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. She thinks she is, anyhow. She is in her heart. Yes. And I just get such a kick out of watching Newt scurry around after this crazy little niffler that's stealing everything that's not nailed down. And things that are, too. He's mm-hmm. he oh, he's, yeah. very, he's not very discriminatory. No. And, and the funny thing is, like, you see him squeezing into these things, and they're like, oh, my God, he's like an octopus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, I'm like, there's like not even an inch or probably like a half inch thing, and he's sliding right through it. Yeah, like when he goes in the bank vault. That was crazy. Oh, and I'm like, that's what made me be like, oh my god, he's part octopus. He's like, he doesn't have a vertebrae. Well, he's magical. I loved it when he took on the pug. But in the meantime, (laughs) Newt has sat down next to Jacob, introduced himself, sort of, and then ran off to the Niffler, leaving an egg on the bench, which Jacob picks up and puts in his pocket before he gets called into... I like it. Mr. Englishman, you got your egg. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my my only question about this is did he leave that egg there on purpose or is he just always carrying Akami eggs around in his in his coat? I mean, I don't I don't weird. think he left it on purpose. I think he's kind of like Hagrid and he I was just kind of That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's just got he's got constantly got stuff like in his pocket. He's got the he's always got the bow truckle in one pocket mm-hmm. and Akami he had to keep the Akami egg there to keep it warm, you know? It was, right. you know. Okay, I get that. That makes sense. I actually thought uh, it was very interesting. I had, I, I never really thought about Newt Scamander as a character prior to this movie. You know, you, you, you hear a little bit about him in the, in the book, the, um, and I'm referring to the comic relief, mm-hmm. uh, fant- version of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You read a little bit about him in there, but you don't hear about, obviously, in the main series. It was very interesting to me how many parallels there were between, um, Newt and Hagrid, especially in the, the, in the, uh, movie where you've got, just you know, he's been kicked out of Hogwarts. You know, Dumbledore vouches for him. He mm-hmm. he he loves beasts. I mean, and you know, kind of. There's a lot to it, and um, certainly seems to he's he's gone a little more far afield than than Hagrid has. Yeah, but it's no. uh, it was very interesting to me. Well, and and that does it raises a lot of questions. Well, first of all, in the original book, he it says that he graduated Hogwarts. So I did notice that today. Yeah. There is a little discrepancy there. She but, did a little bit of a retconning. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's fine. She had no real idea when she put this Absolutely little not. book out to raise money for charity that it was going to go this far. Um, but it's also very interesting that they broke Hagrid's wand, but they didn't break Newt's. So, I think he was... Yeah, that bugged well, me. the thing is, Hagrid supposedly killed a girl. Well, but we don't know what happened. They said something about a death. Doesn't Gray say something about a death at Hogwarts when uh, he's got him in the interrogation room? I'm pretty sure. And I don't recall, but you saw it twice, so uh, you have that. I don't. I, that I. I don't. I think I so. Or maybe just a, maybe it wasn't quite a death, but maybe it was real close. Somebody severely injured. Um, have you guys seen the meme that came out before the movie and wasn't actually related with the movie that shows Aragog 
that says, I came to Hagrid in the pocket of a stranger. And then it shows Newt Mm -hmm. underneath it. I think I saw that, yes. No, I didn't see that. I I thought that was way cool. I like to think that they know each other. (laughs) Yeah, and and we I was going to say, I mean, what? I mean... Newt would probably, I mean, he's not, he's, he's older than Hagrid and Voldemort and those guys. Right. By how, by how much? Because Voldemort is more, it's, it's older than serious in them, serious in them by how many years? Yeah, I have no idea. I, I, we need Mooney to do the math on this. Mooney's the one that does the genealogies and all of that stuff for Kelly. I don't remember when anybody was born, not even my family. So I, I can't keep track of Harry's people either. I want to say Voldemort was born around the 30s, mid 30s. Well, this is 1929. It's 50. Right. Yeah. So 50 years have, ago, Chamber of Secrets was opened. I actually have from the lexicon, uh, they recently did a timeline, and it was 1926 that, uh, Voldemort, uh, that Voldemort was born. The same month that the events of this movie take place. Oh, mm. interesting! Isn't that interesting? <laughs> da, da, da. Um, so we have the the egg hatch, and it is say the name, Aaron. What, Hold what on kind one of little snake? Alchemy. Went to bed. Hold on. I'm okay. sorry. No, go ahead. I'll be back. The alchemy. Did the alchemy? Yeah. Which is a snake dragony thing. They're really pretty. They can change size. <laughs> yes. And they hatch and how. <laughs> from silver eggs, which is way cool. Yes. So so Newt uses his wand and drags Jacob to him, and then they end up down by where the vault is. And Jacob's just – Jacob's completely befuddled, as all nomadges should be in this case, while Newt – Breaks open the vault door and goes in to get the Niffler and and starts Sorry. shaking him upside down and gold after gold <laughs> after jewels after how I like all the, of that stuff fits in that little critter. <laughs> it's pretty I love all the, Well, he I has one. What is it? He's like her. You know what? That's probably what Hermione's bag's made out of. Yes, he has and an ever expanding pouch. I love. I love like the bars or like the bars of gold coming out. <laughs> the uh, the Niffler really st- stole the show in a lot of ways. It oh, was he did. Although I was also a big fan of the Arumpets later on. That that whole oh. sequence was hysterical. <laughs> the Arumpet was my favorite scene. I just I, we'll get to it. I, I'll behave until we get there. But yes, that was my favorite. And apparently Trisha's because she liked the hippo. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel so bad for it. <laughs> She's in heat. <laughs> so we have, <laughs> and then basically what we have is is Jacob and Newt end up switching bags accidentally when Newt goes to uh, wipe Jacob's memory, and Jacob, who's had enough, which you can't blame him, just bashes him in the head and runs for it, <laughs> and then. Tina shows up and is like, tell me that you at least erased the memory of the Nomadge. And he's like, who? What? You know, the non-magical guy. We call them muggles. Whatever you call what? them. <laughs> you know what? I gotta say, the English, I mean, that makes more, it makes more sense than the Nomadge. Yeah. 
Well, no, I, uh, match, no I, magic. I mean, it makes sense. It's just not. It doesn't roll off the tongue like Mag Muggle does. I uh, I loved it yeah. because it was uh, you know very much a, um, a a kind of a, a another you know way to show the I think it's a Churchill quote that says that the United States and England are two countries separated by a common language mm-hmm. like. And, and it was totally true with magical England and, and America. They just it was total. Everything was different, and it was yeah. It was jarring for the viewer too. I think also you you didn't had no idea in, unless you had been like the most hardcore of us been reading up on it ahead of time. It was just so much more nomenclature and you know everything ahead to to come into. Yeah, it was. So I understand their you know frustration and uh, you know, <laughs> confusion. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it was a George Bernard Shaw quote, actually. My bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so she she tells him she's under he, – he's basically under arrest for a section something or other, 13 or I don't know what it was. I love <laughs> she holds up her credentials and it's like, you know, it's like the FBI or NCIS or whatever holding up their credentials. But it, it drops down and it's got like seven different things. She's like, what? You know? And she marches him off and takes him into I just, the- I just like it. He's like, you can't. What? I think, but then they kind of like during when she marches him off, they kind of you kind of get a little bit of a sense what is different in America than it is in England. Mm-hmm. And I was a little kind of shocked when she was saying like, okay, we have no contact with with the no match. With the Mar- I mean, with no match, we're not allowed to talk to them. We're not allowed to marry them. No- and and all this other stuff, and I think he was kind of like I think I guess I mean Newt is I guess would consider to be I hate using this word more liberal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when of that of the society, but would you to me I would think America would have been more liberal where England would had all the they would I mean like you have the Jane Austen and all that stuff kind right. of thing. Where in America we don't have it because we pretty much brought all the poor over and they got they're like oh yeah we don't do with that bullshit kind <laughs> of thing well they do I mean we still have all that prejudice and society thing too but I wouldn't think it, it would be as prevalent. Mm-hmm. I, I had the exact same thoughts about that. It's like it didn't make sense. <laughs> and. From that, I was also, I didn't think about this until after the movie, but they're, for not having any contact with muggles, they're really, really good at dressing the part. Like, yes. back in the books, everyone in England apparently wore, like, rain boots and pajamas and crazy stuff like that, and that was in the 70s. <laughs> and now we're in the 20s. You'd think they'd still be in, like, the Victorian dresses or something. Mm-hmm. No, it, would be, it would probably be a little bit more... Mm, acceptable to do that. Yes. Well, and especially if they've not been, um, if if they're even more separated culturally, what, how would these things cross over? I mean, how would they know? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Just, I guess, random Muggleborns would would bring in new stuff, but that wouldn't. I don't know. That's it's it's a it's a whole you know in the in the in the movies uh, in the movie world uh, in the in the you know the Harry the main sequence movies I should mm-hmm. say they they dress well enough I mean you don't see you know Fudge is always described as having that that hideous lime green bowler hat and <laughs> he doesn't have that I and mean, he has a, he has a hat but it's not you know it's it's not nothing is as bad as 
as, as it suggested. I, they just tone everything down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I, I, I was watching, like, you know, you get those things on Facebook. This is like 14 different facts. And there was one thing, of, a fact about Harry with with Harry Potter that Daniel Radcliffe was like, was mad because he's like, he goes, Eddie got a nice coat. And he didn't, he goes, and I was in seven, eight movies, and I didn't get anything, and I was just in jeans and a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and Eddie got that nice coat. Aww. And I, I kind of looked, and then I looked at the coat, and I'm like, yeah, that is kind of nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He's well dressed. So she, she drags Newt down and into the ministry. What is she? Is she the president? I think so. It's Makusa, yes. but it's, they call her the president. You wouldn't know I'd seen it twice because I don't remember these little details. I think that's right. No, yeah, it is It is the president. It's not like it's the prime minister or, right. or king or queen. Yeah, because, yeah, with us, I would, I guess in the United States, it would It would be the, it would be a president and everything. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, look, a president, a female black woman. Woo! Yep. <laughs> They were very progressive. I'm but, like in the 20s too. Holy shit! They're, they're progressive in that way, but no other ways. Yeah, right. no other other way. Yeah. And so she, you know, drags him in and says, "I need to tell you this." And they're like, "You've been fired. You're not an or anymore. Be off with you." And she's like, hangs her head. And and up until this point, you think that she really is an or, and that she's supposed to be here and. And I love the fact that she's had mustard on her face since almost the very first scene. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me, I would have figured out it was there and wiped it off by now, but nope, she's, she's focused. She's very Very focused. She's, she's a very much a Tonks. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, she's not quite as, uh, she's not as fluffy, but yeah. And so then she takes him down to, her office, which is the wand office, and asks him if he's got a permit. And he's like, well, I applied for one weeks ago, so it should be here. And then her boss comes and gives her a bad time. And then Graves comes because, you know, Graves has this little sixth sense that something's going on. And she's like, mm. he's got this case full of magical creatures. And they're like, all right, let's see. And they open up the case, and it's full of bakery. Pastries. Pastries. Which is, okay. Delicious-looking items. Mm. I, okay, when when Jacob was going in for, for to talk to, talk to the banker guy, mm-hmm. and, okay, this is just, okay, I'm going to go on my little bit of a health kick thing, rant. I'm sorry to say this. But he's like, well, we got factories now that produce thousands of bread, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but it's all preservatives. I just wanted to, like, like, this is natural. We're trying to go back to that. I know. And, and, and Jacob's like, yeah, but they taste like crap. These taste I'm like, good. Because it's all filled with preservatives. <laughs> well, it's, it's that, uh, you know, that, 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 that idea of progress for progress's sake, and oh you know, yeah, same reason he he works in a cannery, but everything everything tastes terrible. Have you ever like anything that comes out of a can? No, uh, no. yeah, green beans. Well, but you know, from the he says, I think he says either that, something like that, and and you know, I, it was I'm sure it was even worse back in the twenties than it is oh, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I, I was I was totally on board with the idea of a bakery. Uh, that sounded like a a, a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. And 
that banker, he just, just, just not a, not a nice person. No, well, you know, he just needed collateral. Yeah. And Who they, knew alchemy eggs would work? Yeah, really? <laughs> it's too bad he didn't know what he had in his pocket at the time. He could have just got the bakery yeah, right really. then and there. We would have been set. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have had Jacob. And, and Jacob is another one that steals the show. He does. He was cute. The facial expressions when he's at their house and she's cooking and stuff are so amazing. You know, you just if you just watch his face, the, he's just emoting so brilliantly in those scenes. It's so fun to watch. I I love that, and I loved how much how, how well he just rolled with everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he's a he's a he's never no idea of magic existing before that day, and it's just everything just oh you can read my mind oh that's okay mm-hmm. oh you're making a magical pastry wow that's really cool not uh wow that's just that's freaking me out you know he yeah. was he was very. Yeah, very. Uh, he was very I, open. Yeah. Oh, let's go down to this magical suitcase where you can, you know, it's this, this magical suitcase which is way bigger on the inside. And <laughs> it's a TARDIS. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, let's see all these creatures that can't possibly exist. Oh, but I'll just you know take it all in stride. I, I love Jacob. He was he was great. Yeah. Uh, you gotta wonder. I mean. First of all, Jacob is a Hufflepuff as well. He just kind of rolls with things, and you know. Mm-hmm. But you got to wonder I how much of it was because of the venom of the demiguys. No, mm. not the demiguys. The the um, Mertlap. Mertlap, yes, which is an ugly little thing. It was very ugly. Not at all what I imagined a Mertlap to look like. No, but that's okay. But if you read the description, it's kind of. Mm-hmm. So, and basically, it was just this flesh-colored little. Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Angry little thing, too. I mean, is that the one that kind of looks like there's an octopus on his face or some kind of no, sea urchin? That's the only no. critter that I don't know what it was. And even the second time through, I was like, okay, I'm going to remember this, and I still don't remember what it is. Where, where was that? I'll look it up. I'll look it up. All See of the other says. creatures. So it, we meet those creatures right after we meet Fred. Fred? Hank? Frank? What's the Thunderbird's right. name? Thunder, yeah, Thunderbird. Frank. 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 Definitely. Frank. What a name, Frank. Frank. Yep. Frank. So I guess, first of all, we, we need to say that Jacob goes back to his little apartment with his cute little picture of Gran on the, on the wall, because that's where all his recipes came from, and all of his food is made with love for Gran. <laughs> How cute was that? How cute was that photo of Gran, too? Like, that was... Gran was so cute. <laughs> that was ridiculous. And he puts his suitcase on the bed, and then, as we've known from all along, whenever Newt's suitcase sits still for more than a second, it pops open. And here it pops open, and out come the animals, and this little Mertlap attacks him and bites him. And, just, and different things escape, and you don't know what's escaped except for the Mertlap and, at the end, the Niffler, because you knew the Niffler was going to escape if anything did. And we see the Billywigs. I should I should have written down at least names of things before we started this. Did they ever I think it was I think it was Billywigs? I think that's what they are. Yeah, but they're, they're Billywigs. They're right in the front of this book. It's like the first or second thing. I was like, oh, that's what they are because there's actually a picture of it. Yeah, Billywigs. Um, so we see those. They're flying all over the place, but and Neuter and Tina, neither one of them really think much about them. 
which I thought was kind of weird. They don't hmm. they don't try to catch those or anything, and, and they had to have come from Newt's suitcase. Right. Maybe they just were too uh, you know incidental for him to care about getting him back, or maybe mm-hmm. he had they they weren't as as uh, rare as say the demiguys or right um, what have you. So they find Jacob and they find that he's been bitten and she goes on this rampage about, you know, we can't be their friends. Who'd want to marry one of them? And poor Jacob, he's just like, because he has this venom in his system. And it's like, you know, muggles can be nice. Why are you so mean to these muggles? And she ends up taking them home with her to the flat where she's not supposed to have men. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And waiting for them is her sister Queenie, who is hilarious. She uh, she had that kind of spacey, um, you know, ethereal vibe that you mm-hmm. kind of get from. Uh, um, she uh, was very Luna esque. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna. Yeah, very Luna esque. Except for the I don't see Luna as overly sexy, and Queenie's Man. overly sexy. Yeah, I'm definitely aware of it. Yes, and Ray, you're a Dalek. Yay! <laughs> Just throw that. Would it be a Would it be a podcast about someone turning into a Dalek? No, it wouldn't. I'm usually pretty good at that. <laughs> Exterminate! Exterminate! Do I need Do I need to hang up and try again? Maybe. Hang up and see if you can rejoin the call, and if not, I'll add you back. Okay, okay. We even got an <laughs> echo in there. So we have... Uh, oops. Better, better? Nope. Nope. Worse. No. <laughs> and you echo now. So every time you say something, it repeats it. Okay, I got... there. I, I did a little um, search thing, and there, there's 15, there's 15 beasts in here. Okay. Hmm. Which one are we looking for? The one that looks like the cross between a an ood from Harry from Doctor Who and a rhinoceros. Those so, are the rumpet. That's the rumpet, yeah. No. The big one. No, the rumpet has the horn on it. He looks like a rhinoceros too. She looked like a rhinoceros too. But these things were like they were kind of like rhinos with with an octopus you- on their nose. Oh, 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 I found, okay, um... Grap horn? Hold on, hold on. I don't think they have... Uh, yeah, one. that is the grap horn. Found in, in the mountains of Euro- European um, regions, the grap horn is said to be used by mountain trolls as mounts, though they, they're too, they're, they are not too keen on themselves. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it kind of looks, yeah, it kind of looks like an, kind of, their head kind of looks like a squid. Yes. Yeah, that's or the something. one. So what are they again? Grap horn. Grap horn. Okay. That was G-R-A-P-H-O-R-N. the only one I H O R N. That was the only one I did not get. So let's see if it's in this book too. E F Yeah, I have I have the comic relief one too, but I didn't bring that up. Oh yeah, they are in here. Yeah. Almost all of, the only one that I could not find in the book was the uh obscurial. Which I don't think we knew about. I mean, I I don't. Think no, that was that a new thing, be, definitely. Right, and we'll have to go into theories when we get there in a minute. Mm-hmm. So, 
So then we have this wonderful apartment scene where Jacob's just like, or, hey, Trisha, huh? do your bow chicka wow wow. That's pretty much what he was thinking when he saw her in her little slip without her dress on. And, you know, and and it's a a perfect, I mean, it's like being at the borough, right? You've Mm -hmm. got the, the ironing is ironing and there's uh, like, all I need is knitting, knitting needles. And they kind of had like the knitting needles or something that were levitating in front of the fire that had the the unmentionables draped over them that were drying and and all of that. And then Queenie makes dinner and it's just like flowing magically out to the table. And, and Newt's just trying to sneak out. All he wants to do is go get his animals, but he's under house arrest, so that's not going to happen. And Jacob's just like, I'm just enjoying this. I'm like, he's like eating and he's like, oh, this is so fantastic. This is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of reminded me of the Dudley's dilemma of, I wonder what magical <laughs> things they put in there that he wants to eat. <laughs> right. What different uh, uh, ingredients. ingredients. Yeah. Alex, you're going to unplug me. Come here. <laughs> oh, no. Cat. So am I still a Dalek? Nope, you're good nope, now. Nope, you're perfect. Yeah. Awesome. I just had to wait for a minute. So, uh, yeah, I just I just love that. And we find out that Queenie is a legilimus. Legilimus? I can't say that word very well. He's just an occlumency. And that she does it naturally, I'm guessing. It's just like... Yeah, I, I don't think she's an occlumency because that's the one that occludes it. Or oh, blocks okay. it, but she's Locked the legilimens, which is the one that reads it, and it's it's a natural ability in her. She's not trying; it's just something that happens. Kind of, it's kind of like like kind of what Tonks is a metamorphosis or whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. Yeah, and I love her. Don't worry, honey. Every man thinks like that when they first meet me. And <laughs> he's just like, oh. <laughs> But she's, you know, I, I love her character is the character that she's, she knows that she's sexy. She knows that men are going to think of her. I mean, she kind of has you, that blonde bombshell kind of, uh, or like a, um, I don't want to say a sleaze because she's not that, but she's, you know, she's got that openness. Okay. Yeah. She's a very, very I mean, much a Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Where and you know what to... you think she's kind of ditzy, but you know what? She's actually not stupid at all. No, but she uses but she uses what God gave her, and she uses it to her full advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you know, I think also that may somewhat come from her having this because she has this uh, the gift of the of the legilimency. She's able to kind of she, she knows. She she has that kind of that outer layer of civility kind of gets stripped away a little bit, so she gets a little bit more of the unfiltered thoughts of people around her. So mm-hmm. she kind of gets uh, integrated into her personality, I think, a little bit. Right. Yeah, you would go crazy too if you would. In so many ways, you probably. I mean, being able to hear, my gosh, she's Edward Cullen. Yeah, hmm. totally. <laughs> Sorry, I just popped in my head now. I refuse to know what that reference is from. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish I never. I kind of wish I never did it either. I just kind of. I kind of made her. I'm kind of made her. Made her. I hate her now. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Do you think that she tells everybody 
about her ability, or do you think she mostly hides it and just for this occasion she's like, well, I'm going to explain this. I think I think it depends on I guess who reads it because it seems like when she's at work she hides it yeah. and she uses it to her, her advantage. Yes. Or I think this was she got to see a magi and I think in so many ways I think she's probably realized that he's he's probably scared but he's so fascinated and so bewildered and all this stuff's happening to him it's just his, he's just so open. Right. And I and think it's making her so open. Yeah. I think it, at work and stuff, she's very guarded about it. But here, it was such a spontaneous thing. I mean, it was like, oh, you brought men. And then it was this nomad. And she was just so fascinated that she kind of forgot herself. And she just started answering what was coming up into his mind without really realizing that that's what she was doing. And then once it started happening, she was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go with it because everybody kind of knows now anyhow. Well, it's probably, you know, probably so many ways people who, I'm not saying, maybe this is, okay, this is just a theory, is that magical people already do have already form of occlumency that do have a filter with him. It was probably just like a flood of just thoughts of going oh my god she's so pretty oh my god look at this that thing is that thing is moving on its own she's cooking and <laughs> and all this stuff it, it just probably just flooded her and if she didn't didn't answer the questions it would just been too much mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense like- too and i guess we should maybe backtrack just a hair and just say that there is a quote beast terrorizing the city and it's going to be blamed newt's going to get blamed for this and we will find out later what this yeah. beast really is. Yeah, it, it was interesting that uh, it was very obvious. I think from from early on, kind of how the plot was going to go there. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, and I guess I guess you don't know, but if you know anything about Newt Scamander coming in, then you then you know as soon as they start talking about a beast in the basically the first scene, you're like, okay, well, obviously he's going to get blamed for that. Mm-hmm. There was a. I, I think they they had a, l- a little bit of a problem there with that, and I thought also that the the major ending twist I think was was um, if you were paying attention and were an Uber fan, like then that it was a little bit more obvious than it, than it than it could have been. Mm-hmm. But th- that's maybe I don't have I don't know maybe I don't have a normal you know person's you know perspective on this. I don't know what that's what do you think? Because you're an Uber fan. <laughs> You know, well, I mean, I think going into it, I'm mean, like, I didn't know what the beast was because I, I in some ways, I kind of purposely try not to go into it. Like, mm-hmm. I try to go in kind of like, oh, first time ever reading Harry Potter, I have no idea what's going on. And I try to kind of do it like this, but I kind of knew what some, like I said, like you said, you knew what some of the beasts were and you kind of knew what new was and I kind of was kind of expecting yeah he's gonna have a full he, somehow there's going to be a beast in there he's going to get blamed for letting it out or or he was it, or I was thinking or he was going to have to go and find it right he was hired to find it that's how I was going into it as like he let it out or he he found like he was hired to find it yeah I'm on that same page and actually that is our first clue is in that scene about who Graves really is. Because we see, at the very beginning, we see all of this stuff about Gellert Grindelwald, 
and in the UK and everything. And, oh, and then all of a sudden, where is he? <gasps> and then we have, oh, hey, you just returned, didn't you? So they're there when you're, if you're, you know, watching it through the second time, ooh, hey, mm-hmm. wait, there's something there. There, there, was the, there was the Easter egg there. Mm-hmm. And that there were a couple of more along the way. But let's go into Newt's case and see the wonderful world that is Newt. And I want a theme park that is a Newt theme park Uh where you just go through the suitcase. (gasps) Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You have to climb down and and get into the suitcase. Oh, I'd never make it in. I'm bigger than Jacob and he had trouble. I'd never make it in. Oh, that was cute. I was hoping to like maybe see the Niffler trying to like crawl up his legs and getting all his coins and stuff like that out of his pocket while he was stuck. He was like Pooh Bear. He was. He was totally a Pooh Bear. I'll just wait till spring. Um, and I really liked the beginning of that scene. Just you know when he falls in there and Newt starts giving him antidotes and stuff because not only is Newt a magic zoologist. But he's got a little deft hand in the herbology department as well. Well, you gotta think. And, I mean, he probably does because he's probably dealing with these beasts that have different kinds of venoms and stuff like that. He probably created a lot of ven- venom, like, I mean... Anti-venoms? Anti-venoms. Yeah, yeah. and venoms because, thank you, for that for that kind of stuff. And then he probably, I mean, so he's probably in... He probably has some recipes in the potion books and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have... We have this little lab, for lack of a better word, and he. It kind of, it looked like it looked like a like a. It's a, it's a herbology lab. <laughs> it was kind of a cross between the two, and he puts together some stuff for for Jacob and puts it on his neck to help heal his wound because he's had a, a, a more of an adverse reaction to this Mertlap bite than most people do, and we get. A quick introduction to the oh, my brain is like completely not working today. The, the magical plot device, the evil, <laughs> yes, the magical plot device. Thank you. The shrieking evil. The what? What? What is it? It's something or other evil. The shrieking evil. Shrieking no, evil. Swooping. Uh, swooping. Swinging evil. Swooping. <laughs> I think it's uh, swooping. <laughs> I thought it said. Sw- I thought it was swinging. We are so uh-huh. bad. And, I mean, you know, Newt, Mr. Sort of Solitary, Hunched Shoulders, Really Shy, throws that scary beast at Jacob like a yo-yo and then sneaks it back into his pocket like he really wasn't there. I mean, we get this just just little teeny evil (laughs) that you're like, did he really just do that? That was so mean. You don't yeah, it's probably like, well, I don't know, say it's like you hit, they're like, oh, look, Band-Aid. I'm like, oh, look over there and rip that Band-Aid off. That's what he did. Yeah, it was funny. And I love it when he starts cutting up the meat and you don't know what it's for and you're like, is he, and poor Jacob's like, is he going to cut my hand off? And, and, you know, and he hands Jacob this bucket and Jacob's like going, do I have to eat this? Do I have to rub it on? So, you know, he has no clue what's going on. Yeah, do I have to go by the full moon and be naked and how like that guy told Ron to do for his freckles? <laughs> yeah, and then we go out and we meet the beasts. And I have to say that I want a magical umbrella a whole lot. Those are just cool. <laughs> oh, that was really cool. Yeah, 
And so the first moment in the like expanded trunk mm-hmm. was like my favorite. It's like and it keeps getting bigger <laughs> and bigger. Like how did he do this? I'm like I'm looking at this and like there's Arizona. Yeah. Arizona is in the trunk. And I love yeah, that, spectacular. that the um walls between each of them are like painted tarps with with the eye bolts still in them. The eye what do you call those things? The grommets, grommets, the grommets. in them. Mm. So you know, like on one side it's all snowy, and and you see this wall blowing, and and it's got the little grommet in it. It's they're just it's hilarious. <laughs> Whoever the department was that put that whole thing together, they just had way too much fun. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> so we we get to meet Frank, the Thunderbird. A.K.A. Magical Plot Device, of course. Magical Plot Device, which is the reason that Newt is there. there. He he has come to America to release this magical beast back into his homeland because he was smuggled out as a youngling. And so he's bringing it back. And this is a Thunderbird, which is what one of the Ilvermorny houses is named after. Are any of you Thunderbirds? I think I ended up being one. I can't remember. Okay. I'm the snake. I can't remember what the snake was called. <laughs> this uh, it was like like a water snake or something. Yeah. I did not do. Well, I could tell you because I actually have all the houses on Pufwa. So let's see here. Um, and I am a Pukwudgie because Pukwudgies in Hufflepuffs. You are a horned serpent. Horned serpent. Okay. Mm. And then a thunderbird. So we've got three of the four houses. The last one is the Wampus, which is a magical panther-like creature that is fast and strong and almost impossible to kill. When did I take this test? (laughs) You take the Ilvermorny test again? I said, when did I take this test? Because I know I took it. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm looking. Keep going. It's okay. So we get to see these different magical creatures, and they're all just... You know, we get to see the the little snake-like creatures that start with an O. My mind is not going to remember creatures today. We get to see moon calves, which are just cute. They were very cute. They were um, scary. With their big old eyes. They did not look anything like I would have ever pictured a moon calf to look like. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they didn't at all. And, like, dung beetle things? I don't yeah. know what those were, but they they acted like dung beetles, rolling their little dung up and piling it into little balls. And then we meet the the other O thing. Aaron, what's the other O thing? I'm just going to put you in charge of names today. Uh, Obscurial? Is that what we're talking Obscurial. about? Obscurial. Obscura? Mm-hmm. Obscurus. One of them was obs- it was either Obscurus or obs- obscu- the Obscurus was the... One of them was the the black thing that it, that gets projected, and then the other one was the person who projects it, right? Uh, unknowingly, right? I don't remember which was which. I think obscurus. Uh, I think obscurial obscurus? was the projection, and obscurus was the person. Uh, flip that around. Yeah, okay, well, I, I would say that too. I had a fifty percent chance. You did good. <laughs> <laughs> and this is. What we find, what Jacob finds is this floating ball, almost like a bubble, with this black, misty, moving, it, you know, it, 
it's like the cross between a dementor and an ink blot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just this, and and he reaches out to touch it, and Newt's like, no, 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 back away. I, you know, you know what I thought that was immediately was a lethafold, which right, um, very similar to a um Swooping a dementor, evil. and. Oh. Uh, so I was like, okay, something new, interesting. Mm-hmm. Which it is something new, mm-hmm. and we will find out more about that. And so as Nude's going through here, he's figuring out what's missing, and he's missing an erumpent horn, a demigod, the Niffler, of course, and I think that's it. Uh, the alchemy. Yeah, but he doesn't know he's missing the alchemy yet. What do you think? He missed oh, the, 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 He got the Mertlat back. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Niffler is a, he thought, I think he only thought there were three gone is right. what it was. Yeah. He didn't realize that the yeah. other one was missing. He, oh, I miscounted. And he does introduce Jacob to the Akami that was his egg that hatched. And I love that he calls himself mummy <laughs> to the little animals. Mummy's here. Just like Mummy's Hagrid. Here. Yeah. He's not daddy. Yeah, that's pretty mummy. great. So he convinces Jacob that they need to go and find these escaped animals. And we come to the point, and and there are several, but this is the one that I remember vividly, and I only know this because I read it. I didn't actually catch it. That is a huge plot hole because this is the only part of the movie where there's snow, right? Yeah. There's kids ice skating, and there's this lights that go underneath it. And then we mm-hmm. go to the Bronx Zoo, and <laughs> it's all snowy there. But it's the mm-hmm. only part of the movie that's got snow in it anywhere. So could but, just be because stuff melts in the city a little easier. Yeah, I suppose. Than like in the big open park. So and <laughs> I love that he's they're walking along, and he pulls out a helmet and he hands it. Well, first of all, my favorite one of my favorite lines is. My animals are loose with the most dangerous creatures of all, humans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's so right, because we so are. Oh, yeah. And then he's giving Jacob a helmet. He's like, here, put this on. And he's like, well, why do I need to put this on? Because your head might explode under pressure. And Jacob's like, okay. <laughs> Uh, he goes so well with it. I'd be like, "Oh fuck no, man! I'm out here." <laughs> Jacob, Jacob was like, "Captain, I'll just do whatever." <laughs> he's just the most easygoing guy ever. Uh. He's just like, you know, he's just like sucked in, and and we, you know, so then we go to the zoo, and and you know, we've got. Oh well, I guess first of all, there's this Niffler scene where they're walking down the street, and the Niffler's in. Uh, like a thrift store, jewelry store, it's fairly high end, and he's just stealing things right left. And Newt goes in and is trying to catch him. And Jacob's on the street going, "Nothing's going on over here." You know, I couldn't help but wonder if an Accio would have worked on him. I know. And <laughs> it's like, he, why doesn't he just summon him? He does that later, and mm-hmm. in the end of this scene, he does it. But then we wouldn't have this wonderful romp through this storefront that is so much fun. And it it all culminates with Newt and Jacob covered in jewels with the police surrounding them and Jacob going, they went that way. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the police are like, freeze, dude. And they only get away because a lion comes wandering down the street from the zoo because one of Newt's other animals, who is in heat, is at the zoo causing <laughs> terror. Causing all sorts of problems. Poor hippo. <laughs> I think hippo's going to have to be in the title of this somehow. Um, we just feel bad for the hippo. Well, it was okay. It didn't know how much trouble it was in. <laughs> so, and then, you know, before they get too far, then he Newt pulls out basically an umpire's, I want to say like vest. A, That's not the right word. It's a, uh, chest it's like guard. a uniform from back in the yeah, day. Chest guard kind yeah. of thing. Padding. Yeah. And says, here, put this on, too. And he's like, and, and I'm with Trisha. About this point, I'd be going, all right, I'm leaving. No more <laughs> of this stuff. And we find this enormous a rumpet horn. It's huge. I yep. knew. T- I mean, I'd be afraid. Of, I wouldn't know which, what to be more afraid of, the, the big throbbing thing <laughs> and the horn. And I'm like, that poor little hippo. I was just kind of like, oh, run away, run away, hippo. I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> well, at least we will say that it was a female erumpent and not some horny male erumpent going after that hippo, because that would have really been in trouble. Well, at I least... just kind of feel bad for either. I mean, the poor little even if it was a, it's a male, male hippo. We think hippo. he he just had no idea what to do. He's so scared. Can you imagine Eddie Redmayne? reading the scene for the first time and going, what in the hell do I have to do? I have to do a mating dance. And I was lucky enough to see the clip of Eddie talking about this to, um, 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 not the tonight show guy, but the other guy starts with an F. Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Jimmy Fallon. And he said, I read this and I was like, oh, crap. And so I started watching mating dances of all these different animals trying to figure out what I should do. And I kept videotaping myself doing it and sending it to the director. And the director would send it back and go, sexier. And you go. (laughs) (laughs) You had to do uh, this crazy, like a mating dance. I, this is why you're Greg. But how did you come up to learn those exact moves? There was this amazing moment in the script. And there was this scene which it just goes, um, <laughs> and uh, Newt performs mating dance. There's two words yeah, that like, never filled me with like, so much sweat. Like I went and looked on like weird random bird mating calls, and I made a few videos that I would send to the director. They were the most humiliating things you've ever seen in your life. He'd respond, I'm not sure it's quite seductive enough. And so... What transpires here is just the most delightful thing. And you have to give Eddie Redmayne major kudos for this because there are not a lot of actors that would embarrass themselves this badly for a movie. <laughs> you know, he totally was into this and he embraced it. And I, there are people that would not have done this. And I just, I love him all the more for it as he does this wonderful mating dance to try to entice this enormous, in heat, a rumpet horn back into his case. Unfortunately, 
Jacob manages to spill the musk on himself and he becomes the target. <laughs> and he needs his helmet and pads as he runs away from this monster who really wants him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jacob. Oh, yes. And we have this great scene where he's up a tree and the rumpin' horn sticks his horn in the tree and totally burns it from the inside out. And they go sliding across the ice and Newt manages to get the tail end of the rumpin' in his suitcase and swallow it as he gets close to Jacob. And it's just Mm. this fun, wild romp. It was a great scene. It's a romp. With rumpus. It was a romp with rumpus. I, I think it was my favorite scene in the whole movie. I just loved that part. It was pretty damn cute. Yeah. It was it was extremely cute. Um, although it didn't have the Niffler in it, so how cute could it possibly be? Oh, that's true. Oh, it could be better if the Niffler was there helping. Hmm. <laughs> I suspect somehow that the Niffler will reappear in the next movie. Oh, I think the Niffler is going to be like a recurring. Okay, do you think the next movies is it all going to be Newt the whole entire time? Or we know that Eddie's been cast for the next one, but he and our mystery Grindelwald person, Grindelwald, that's not right. <laughs> I, I sound like Mike. Number thirteen, Grindelwald Place. Um. Those two are the only ones that have been cast for sure. Hmm. Because so. I just didn't know if this was all going to be all like through Newt. Right. Or, and I didn't know. I, I mean, like, so. yeah, I can see the first two. You think? I hope I so. No. It would make a lot of sense if they did it that way. Um, I don't know. I, I was very interested. I, I'm wondering now if they're planning to kind of do the whole arc of the, of the, conflict with Grindelwald, like they're going to go all the way up to 1945 and show, and maybe even show Dumbledore and Grindelwald facing off. Who do you think would play think, Dumbledore? I don't know that one. And I, I think you're know. right. That I speak you better happen. be Cumberpatch. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sherlock meets Newt. This will be fun. Oh my god. God, that'd be ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> he'd be awesome. He'd be, he'd he's be old awesome. enough. Well, probably would. He's fairly young. He could be Michael Caine. Dumbledore was only like 50-something when he, or 50, around 50 when he beat Grindelwald. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, okay, we can, how about we don't... Well, let's speculate at the end of this. Sorry, I opened the door. I'm I'm sorry. It's okay. No, 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 it's cool. It's cool, because I want to speculate about um, Ariana as well. Okay. Who's Ariana? Dumbledore's sister. Dumbledore's sister? Oh! oh. Well, I yeah. think she's so dead by now. Yes, but... She is but... But... Mm. Yes. Mm. Has this not occurred to any of you yet? Okay, we'll get to <gasps> it. <laughs> think about did, it. Did, we, did you just... Did you see the light bulb that, go, that went I, off? That was a good <laughs> light bulb. And, uh... That was that was a great light bulb moment, definitely. I didn't even think about that until now. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be interesting? So Wouldn't my that be interesting. My thoughts on this is that we're going to have at least one movie or part of a movie that flashes back 
Oh, yeah, forward, and I think that might be the next one. Or however it's going to go, and we're going to see the two of them as young men, and then we're going to see the rise of Grindelwald. And, Cumberbatch and how- could be... <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Okay, so where are we? Um, we've got the Arumpet Horn back. Oh, so Tina, who's been following them, gets the suitcase, locks them in the suitcase because they go in the suitcase to settle this Arumpet Horn back into her spot and takes them to the ministry. And walks in on a full meeting with everybody because everybody is, you know, all the governmental people are all up in arms because Grindelwald is missing. And you know, Grindelwald, Grindelwald is missing and they have this wild thing that's terrorizing the, I'm sorry, the nomads that they can see, they can see this. Mm-hmm. They keep saying it's a gas lake right. and stuff. So, Right. And well, it's, it, I was gonna say I don't I don't blame Tina for for accidentally walking in on them twice. It seems like they're just constantly in meetings. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, when is she supposed to walk in with her? I mean, if they're if they're meeting all the time, and I, I'll tell you, I was really irritated by this by this moment where the the president is like, he's it's been out for a whole day and you didn't tell us anything. I was like, woman, you just kicked her out of this place yesterday and she said, don't, I don't even want to hear you. it from you. Yeah. She mm-hmm. came and tried to tell you. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I was really mad at her too. She's not high up on my list of people that I like. Is that one? Yeah. No. Um, and you get this whole. So it's kind of a fun scene. Tina walks in, says, "You know, this yesterday, this wizard came to New York with a suitcase full of wild animals, and some of them have escaped, and they want to know where he is now." And so she lays the suitcase on the floor and knocks on it and then up pops Newt and then out pops Jacob who should have stayed in the case. He might've been safer. Yeah. That was a nomad. And the, like, you know what they, (laughs) okay. You know how, like they, how they reacted to, to Jacob. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminded me of, um, Monsters Inc. And when, (laughs) when, That's fantastic. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> it reminded me of Monsters Inc. going, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Two, four, six, nine. <laughs> Waiting for all the plastic minion guys to come down and shave them. <laughs> okay, sorry. I missed this part. I had to pee really bad. Oh. <laughs> We're just talking. Like, okay, it looks like a slower part. I'm going to quick run out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just, that's why I'm like, I always tell my son, I'm like, you gotta stop pee. I go, you gotta stop drinking the pop now. Oh, yeah. I didn't even have any. <laughs> uh, so there, the minister for magic from the UK recognizes Newt and calls him by name, Mr. Scamander, at which point several other people around the room are like, oh, is he the one that was, you know, in the war that was so good? And it, no, that's his brother. This is the, the dumb one that just likes animals. And Mr. Graves arrests them and takes them in to interview. And here we have, again, this little nugget Easter egg thing where he sits, says, you know, expelled from Hogwarts, 
but a teacher really spoke up for you. What, what does, you know, what is Albus Dumbledore to you? And Mm -hmm. that, you know, can become a really poignant scene. And he has got, and Newt, poor Newt, Newt's like, don't hurt my animals. They won't hurt you. They're, they're not mean. Don't hurt my animals as he's being drug out. And it's so painful to watch because he just knows that they're going to just exterminate them. No. Or- they're going to all be euthanized. Mm-hmm. Um, exterminate. My, uh, my fiance, this is a, 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 only a slight tangent, I promise. That's fine. Um, <laughs> she's a lawyer. She had a case where um, she had this uh, client who had 96 cats and a pot-bellied pig. And it was oh, a, my God. And it was like a neglect of animals charge. Right. And after they arrested the woman and – charged her with this they impounded all the animals and like i think a a bunch of them were euthanized Mm -hmm. and it's just like maybe they weren't in the best condition before you know maybe they were maybe they were a little bit feral maybe just a little bit but she was feeding them and everything was fine until you start messing with her and then they have to be euthanized and that's what's going to happen to to newt here is it's Mm -hmm. going to be just and so i was i was like no yeah i know and and it's interesting. Um, it, uh, the other, the other thing I, uh, I this is I was going to mention moment to mention is anything. Um, I really enjoyed Newt's kind of fascination and this kind of one almost one man crusade as we see so far. Him being this conservation person, right? Versus everybody else is like these are these are dangerous creatures. They need to be exterminated. He's like, no, this is this is part of. This is life that needs to be preserved, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting to me how um, it paralleled kind of um, conservation movements that really hadn't even picked up at that point in in the Muggle world. Well, you know, historic- I mean, you know. well, really, I mean, no, because you know, like Teddy Roosevelt was a huge conservationist, especially with the forests and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, that's and that's 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 flora, but in terms yeah. of fauna, you know, we were yeah, that's true. This, this isn't too many years after the the ext- the, ext- the word extinction was coined because of the demise of the passenger pigeon and uh, American bison. So it's like it's an interesting backdrop for the story to take place as well. Is is it's really got a very green kind of message behind it that is it's a little bit subtle, but it's I like that that yeah. aspect of it a lot. Well, even I mean, if you look into our history, the people that and Birdwatcher me, I should know this guy, but um, the Audubon, the Audubon guy that I'm not sure it's the Audubon, but that wrote like a bunch of the bird books and stuff like that. He shot the birds, yeah, to you know be able yeah. to draw them and dissect them and do all that stuff. And at one point, I don't know if this is really true, but it's a story that I've heard. He was the reason that a certain bird went extinct because they killed the last two in their efforts yeah. to catalog them, you know? So, yeah. And we're being yeah, very neglectful of the second Salemers. We're going to have to touch base on them before we get too much further. But let's shall we? Let's finish out at least the, uh, the, uh, this scene here with, with Graves, the head orer, and Newt. And uh, poor Tina, who's along for the ride here, because he, uh, Graves has pulled out the Ock thingy. Help me. <laughs> I'm going to write these things down. I don't have a pen. Ockamy? The Ockamy. And he's very fascinated by this Ockamy. And Newt says, well, it's, it's, uh. Here's the Easter egg. Yeah, it's another Easter egg. So I guess this is where we do need to backtrack. So. 
The second Salemers are out and about against witchcraft, and a the second son of the newspaper mogul has taken them to the newspaper office to have the story written about the witches. But the newspaper mogul, whose name is Shaw, and his son, who is running for office, basically kick them out. Because and, he's pretty much, I mean, I guess the guy is like, they're not, they don't say he's mentally disturbed, but there's something, dis- something that's disturbed. He just, he might be just, and actually he just, he might end up being a witch or a wizard, mm-hmm. but he has like a touch of it. He's not like really, into, yeah. I don't know. There, yeah, the, he's, he's the screw up son. He's the one, right. you know, he's not the golden son by any means. And we have the, uh. The three kids and and Mama who have come in to share their stuff, and the boy drops this pamphlet, and Shaw, the one running for office, calls him a freak, and he just you know it's just so heartbreaking watching them bully this kid, who's this bullied enough point. as it is. Yeah, I his mean, mother's not. Bull- yeah. Oh well, she's not even his mother. To yeah. begin with, he's I mean, adopted she's adopted, mother. he's adopted, but it's not, it's to the point where, like, she adopted him at an age where he, he knows that he's adopted, and she's, she has treated him like a second-class citizen kind of thing. And what is weird, I mean, the thing is, yeah, I mean, the guy that plays him he did an excellent job of being a, being a person, I mean, very down to the book of, yeah, you know this person has been abused verbally and physically mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, this is he was he, very clearly beaten. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And this is Ezra Miller. That's the actor. And he was bullied a lot as a child in real life and mm. um, was bullied because he was kind of backward, uh, probably because he was gay. And so I think he had a lot of personal experience to draw on and Mm. it worked really, really well because you could really see this and he just, you know, and, and his sister is creepy as all get out. Um, (laughs) I can't remember if it's modesty or chastity, which one is always a playing hopscotch and singing those terrible I think it's modesty because they think it's because she's at that age where that's what he's thinking. Right. And so Graves has been um, cultivating credence and trying to get him to tell him about somebody kind of doing magic because he has had a quote vision and I'm still kind of at a loss on what exactly he knows and how he knows it. That hmm. creepy- even if you know what can we can we start saying who who he really is now because I can't go ahead he's not because I'm not credence Graves is really Grindelwald and the thing is does Grindelwald have the sight or did he go and try to find mm-hmm. someone like oh, Trelawney's grandmother mm, Cassandra mm. Mm, I didn't that's think, because she's probably she's probably around at that time, and she was probably very famous for. It. He probably went and bullied the crap out of her to give her some kind of sign, some kind of omen or sign or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There, or there could be another Hall of Prophecy somewhere yeah, that's true. with names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows? But, Not evil enough, though. Yeah. 
But what we have is, so we know that Graves is trying to find this child and, and no child that has this parasite, we're going to call it, Mm-hmm. lives beyond like six years old. And Eddie tried to save the, oh, excuse me, Newt tried to save the last one and he was able to separate it from the child, but the child ends up dying anyhow. And that's what he has in his case. Okay. I was thinking that's really, it, it was, it was the child's magic because the child keeps it in mm-hmm. and it drives them crazy. So I was thinking it's not just the magic, but it's their tortured soul. Right. Hmm. And it, so I don't, I think the body died, but it's really actually their soul. That could be. That's so, how I was seeing it. The, so this thing is, so chi- a child who suppresses their magic ends up being overtaken by this thing that when unleashed is completely destructive and tears everything apart. And that is what is terrorizing, terrorizing. New York. Mm-hmm. And it is not a beast. So we have a child. We have a fundraiser for Mr. Shaw, and the thing comes in and picks him up and kills him and drops him. And he has this this particular drying out of the facial features. I mean, people that have been attacked by this thing have very certain signs. So if if they've if you've been attacked by this, you know that that's what's done. It's it. very distinctive, yeah. yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like the the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how the guy opens it up and he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that where you melt, but this one doesn't really melt. They just kind of almost mummify. Yeah, yeah. kind of. So the reason that Tina has walked in on this huge meeting is that everybody's up in arms because of this death. And Eddie's like, look at that, because they have a floating, it's kind of like a charity burbage floating in the air. Mm-hmm. So they have Shaw floating in the air, just kind of a, a ghost of him or a projection of him. And Eddie's like, look at him. You know that this is what it is. It's not one of my beasts that did it, but they drag him out anyhow because he's a perfect scapegoat. Yeah. Well, and evil guy who's impersonating somebody is mm-hmm. wants a scapegoat too. Right. And so he orders them to death in this freaky, scary little that pool room. That's so freaky. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, this is the most terrifying thing in the Harry Potter movies I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Yeah. And, like, they get – they're, like, really happy and they don't know what it's doing. I mean, it's kind of like I was – at first, I was thinking it was a bad James Bond thing going mm-hmm. on there. With, you know, they kind of lower down and the sharks and their they're they're dolphin with lasers on their heads or something like that. <laughs> right. At first. and But then I'm like, they're watching this thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is horrible. But yeah. I'm like, I'm like oh, honest to God, just do Africadaver or whatever it is on me. And, and, and Yeah, do the AK. And, and it's, I think it'd be more more humane. Well, and they try to make it humane. So they bring them. Yeah, they kind of euthanize you. They bring him into this room that has a pool in it and this floating chair. And they remove your happy memories from your head and put it in this pensive-like liquid. So that, I mean, the way I understand it, and I could be wrong, but this is how I took it, is that you want to go into this because this is your happy memories. 
unfortunately, it's a pit of acid, and when you get into it, it's going to kill you. I mean, I know it's not really acid, but that's basically what's going to happen. Something. Yeah, we don't right. know exactly pit what of it death. is. It's the pit of death. Pit of despair. So they pull out her her memories because she's going to be first and she's all along begging the person that's going to do it that she knows because she's worked with her please don't do this oh it's okay honey it'll be fine and she sees these happy memories of her mom and stuff like this but then she sees memories of her taking on mary lou and this is why she's lost her ownership because she tried to save um credence credence yeah and about that time uh, Pickett, the Botruckle, does what he's supposed to do and, and picks the locks and gets Newt out of the soup, out of the handcuffs. And he bashes the one lady in the head and, and, you know, gets out and he sends the swooping evil around. And at this point, Tina comes back to herself and she's standing on the chair. And, and I mean, acid pit's not really a bad description because the chair is now like getting eaten and acidy kind of stuff. And he tells her to jump. <laughs> She's like, I can't jump. And he says, jump on the back of the swooping evil and I will catch you. Yeah. I mean, can they give it a better name than the swooping evil? <laughs> I guess mm. not. And I mean, honestly, God, or you could say that's the swooping butterfly. I don't know. Just don't call it evil or swooping veil. Veil. Just turn the words, turn the letters around. Okay. Yeah, and that is not in this book either. I'm looking. Oh, the swooping evil. They don't say anything on Pottermore either, really. Yeah, so that must be something new. And in the meantime, Queenie, who is actually the heroine of this entire story, because without Queenie, all would be lost. That's right. But because she has this telepathic link with her sister, knows what's going on, goes and saves Jacob from being (laughs) acclimized. Is that the right word? Um. Obliviated. Obliviated. There we go. Um, and then they break into Graves' office, and I love it. She's there, and she's like, Alohomora. That doesn't work. And she tries something else, and that doesn't work. And finally, Jacob's like, I'll do it, and bashes it down the door. <laughs> yeah, he gets to be a hero. I'm sorry. Too. When you said she has a special link with her with her sister, and I'm thinking, super fans, activate! <laughs> And so she goes and, you know, they're down running through and being chased. And he keeps sending out this swooping evil, which saves him over and over again. And she and Queenie meets up with him, Queenie and Jacob. And she puts all three of them in the suitcase. And then she just very calmly walks, walks out. out. Yeah. But her super, well, it's actually Tina's supervisor says, are you going home? And she's like, oh, yeah, I have a headache. I don't feel good. And he's like, again? And you can tell that he's just totally enamored by her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, yeah. And he's like, what's it? You know, what do you have? And she's like, oh, this is my suitcase. And he's like, well, what's in it? And she's like, oh, my under things. Do you want to see? And he's like, no, no. You know, Mr. Purin in here. <laughs> and she gets them out, which is so cool. And yeah, Queenie was a, she was a, she was a, uh, she did, had, had played her part. No, no question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they end up in these in this uh, speakeasy, trying to get information on the demi guys because it's the last animal that's out and it's invisible. So you know, finding it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And this speakeasy is so much fun. 
Do mm-hmm. we do we know what it is that's singing? Anybody? There have was a something guess? singing. Yes. I was just so the the lady the the lady that's singing. kind of a woman. Was yeah. it was it Selena Warbeck? I Celestina? doubt it. Mm. Or whatever. She's, she's on the wrong continent. But yeah, yeah she's, yeah. she's singing and, and she's like conjuring these different animals as she's singing about them. And we have uh, a house elf, I believe, behind the bar mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and different things. And Jacob's like, what does a person drink around here? And, and they're like, and the house elf's like, you never seen a house elf before? And Jacob's like, yeah, yeah, we've got lots at my house. My and, uncle's a house elf. Yeah. <laughs> and Queenie comes and orders these giggle waters, which are so much fun. And, and Jacob downs one and goes, <laughs> He's just so cute. <laughs> He's just so dang adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jacob just, mm-hmm. he was just great. He was I a great know. character. I, I really want him to come back. I don't think he's going to. I really want him to come back because I Well, him and Queenie got to get together, man. Yeah, and maybe, you know, they'll end up back in in the United States again. I believe the next movie is set in Paris. At least part of it is what I've heard. So they're talking with this guy and trying to get information on where this demiguise might be. And he wants something. So Newt tries money and that doesn't work. And Newt tries various things, including a, uh, I really wish my brain worked today. The egg of, uh, what are those things? Oh, it's the silver, the, sol- the silver eggs. No, 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 no. It's the snake that catches fire. Ashwinder? An Ashwinder. Ashwinder. Yep. Thank you. So it's an Ashwinder egg in ice so that it can't catch fire. And he's like, he likes that idea, but then he sees the bow truckle. And he wants the bow truckle. And Eddie's like, no, you can't have my bow truckle. And he's like, okay, fine. You can't, I'm not going to give you any information. And so Eddie's like, all right, fine. And he peels poor Pickett off his hand. And Pickett doesn't want to go, no, don't leave me. No. He's just so sad. Pickett was so cute. Uh, And then the ministry comes because, of course, this guy's turned them in because he's a slimy dude. And Jacob again... You know, Mr. Macho Jacob bashes down doors and punches people in the face. <laughs> and it has another batch of, of giggle water because it's just so much fun. Yeah. And they, they escape by the hair of their teeth. And we go into Macy's where the demiguise is, along with the snake critter. Akami. The Akami. I really need to write I can't that. remember, I can't the, remember name the name either. either. Uh-oh. Darlick. You've Daleked on us again. And here we have this other great scene where Akamis grow or shrink to the available space. Hmm. So that's so, why they got the teapot. Yes. So it's in this thing, and they're, like, smashed in there together in its coils. And Newt says, we need a bug and a teapot. And they're like, What? And so we have this great scene where they're chasing cockroaches, which totally makes me think of Mike and the cockroaches. Mike <laughs> could not watch this movie. It would just freak him the heck out. But they catch the cockroach and they throw it in the tea kettle and the alchemy goes after it and shrinks to fit the available space again. And they're able to catch it. Yay! Yay! And the demiguise, which apparently has the ability to see, 
like three seconds into the future or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they're very hard to catch because you have to be very, uh, you can't be, unpredictable. Yeah. You have, you can't be predictable because they know exactly what's going to happen, but he tries to save Jacob because he sees what's going to happen. And now Newt has all of his creatures back. And you can say the, that what's this thing? What is that things? This is in the future. The demigods, the demigods. Yeah, that's how that's how, that's where they make um invisibility cloaks. But cloaks. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then we have Graves again with poor Credence. I've looked up the IMDb so that I know these people's names now. Speaking of IMDb, he's in the second movie, Credence. Credence? Well, okay, yes. Listed. It's, it's probably a flashback. Well, Maybe. Okay. Who knows? Hang on a minute, because there may be something that you guys who only saw it once didn't see at the end. So we'll get there in just a sec. (sighs) So Graves gives Credence a necklace that all he has to do is touch to call him. And it's the Deathly Hallows. I know. That was like the biggest thing. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, why is the Deathly Hallows there? And if nobody had... If nobody... If you didn't know at that point that it was Grindelwald, then it was pretty mm-hmm. – I felt like that was like the moment they were beating you over the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just figured he was a follower at the time, but – And he could have been. Yeah. But it, that was just another one of those those things. And we have Mary Lou. Credence comes back. Mary Lou's going to beat him again because he's been gone. And he, and he goes under the bed and finds his sister's – finds a wand – Mm-hmm. And she thinks it's his, and that's why she's going to beat him. And then the sister, we think we you don't really know which one does it, but there's like some some wandless the- magic going on that kind of mm-hmm. like takes it out of her hand and then slaps her with it. And oh, and the whole time Graves is doing wandless magic. He does a lot of one. He heals Credence's hand with wandless magic. He, you know, you can tell that he's a very strong wizard, which is another uh, nod to the Grindelwald side of things. Mm-hmm. So we have this magical power is released and kills Mary Lou and Graves finds Credence. And Credence is a teenager. I don't know how old he's supposed to be. And so, seemed like he was at least like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And so Graves says, okay, where's your sister? And he takes takes him. And all along, Graves has been telling him, you're magical. As soon as we get this figured out, we're going to include you into the magical world. Everything's great. And then he gets to where the sister is and he says to Credence, you're a squib and I want nothing to do with you. And breaks Credence's heart. Oh, yeah. It just sends oh, yeah. him over the edge. Yeah. Which is bad because Credence is... Obscurial. The obscurial. And, and the thing is, he's, they never thought it was him in so many ways because you're like, well, it makes sense that he, he is it because he has been so downtrodden, beaten, and everything like that. But the thing is, he's learned how to somehow con- to control it because he's old. Right. He's too old, but he knows how to control it. Right. Yeah. Well, it was um, the way it's described as being a young child. The, the the oldest ever was like eight, and you have the sixteen year old kid. You don't even think about it. No. But right. on the other hand, this is they also describe this as being a very uh, particularly destructive, obscuria uh, obscurus that's that's doing all the damage. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that it'd be an older child. 
Yeah, in hindsight. Yeah. In so many ways, you can see Grindelwald being making kind of like almost the same mistakes as Baltimore. He's underestimating people. Mm-hmm. And we have this thing unleashed on the city, and it's just creating all kinds of havoc. The Makuza president sends them to uh, lock down the city and, and lock down this where they're at. And it all culminates in a duel in the subway. But before we get there, we have Tina and Graves having a duel, which is kind of cool. You know, you just get to see a little... Because we don't get to see a lot of that in the Harry Potter books because, you know, this is adults doing magic, not kids doing magic. Yeah, I had I had kind of had a not an argument, but someone was like, "Oh, this is better than the Potter books and and stuff like that." I'm like, "No, it's not better than the Potter books because the Potter books has more information." Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I go, "This is I'm like the Potter books were written for children. Right. This is not written for children. No, this is no. written for the children who grew up with Harry Potter who are now adults." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know and, that's what this is made for. And it was great to see, you know, the adult Harry Potter world in action, you know, being mm-hmm. able to see, you know, the kinds of magic, the ho- household magic. You see them do the thing with the, um, what was it, the, the pastry, the, um, mm-hmm. the strudel. The strudel. And then you, and you have, which was just breathtaking, literally for Jacob. Mm-hmm. And you see, you see kind of this, this world, you see the underground bar and you see, you know, kind of the, the inner workings of the government is, it was, it was very, very adult, all the things that happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have Newt who's gone down into the subway to try to talk to Credence and he's just about got him talked down and he becomes human again and Graves shows up. And then it just starts this whole thing all over again. And we have this huge fight. Ah, phone calls. So we have this, you know, huge fight. And Credence ends up getting killed. Mm. And Makusa and the president show up. And, and you know, actually they don't. There's this huge fight and Graves doesn't want him killed. And Makusa shows up and says... And Graves says, don't kill him. This will be on your job. And they do it anyhow. And the president says, they did it on my order. And you see Graves. I mean, and this is, you know, you actually see Graves. He's like, I'm not going to reveal myself. I'm not going to reveal myself. And then they just push him and push him. And he just takes this breath and he turns around. And you know, at that point, he's given up. And he just lays into them. Oh, yeah. I mean... In so many, in so many ways, it was that was like the Scooby Doo moment mm-hmm. in a way because he sits there and away just gets monologue, for monologue, monologue, monologue. <laughs> he pulled Ryan. He did. <laughs> and so, at the end of this, we have Graves turning into Grindelwald, who is Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not sure about that. There as is a character. A, there <laughs> you know, a you know what? I'm, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat with you. I think maybe if I see him doing, it's not that I don't think Johnny Depp could do it. But the thing is, with the Harry Potter universe, where she has been so strict of like the mm-hmm. English people do the English characters, American do the American characters, the Bulgarian you get a Bulgarian person to do this. I don't know exactly what Grindelwald is, but I did not see. I don't. 
I don't see him as Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Like he's Austrian or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know that there was a remember. huge fandom upset about it because it came out after he was allegedly abusive. And what I heard or read, and I don't know how true this is, but this is what I've heard or read, is that he had already been cast, everything had already been signed, and part of it had been filmed before any of that came out. Because people are like, I can't believe Joe's having this guy that's abusive in her movie and stuff like that. All of that stuff, everything had already been set up before any of that came out. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do at that point. You know, no, and it, and the thing is, it would cost more money to, if you had to re. Well, yeah, and, and there's contracts that are signed and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I mean, there's a lot of liability and all this horse uh, yeah. shit. And Johnny Depp is an amazing actor, and he likes to play very unique, eccentric parts, characters. Mm-hmm. So. This could be a really neat part for him, and only time is going to be able to tell. Yeah, I mean, I hope he can do I mean, I really hope he can do it. I still want Cumberbatch now as Dumbledore, <laughs> only because I think that's just going to be hysterical. Oh, dear. I just don't want him to go too weird and crazy and mm-hmm. strange. Like, I don't want Willy Wonka as Grindelwald. Right. Mm, yeah. But I yeah, think I think that, that's what I'm more afraid of. Is yeah, but Gene Wilder isn't available, so you don't have that to worry about. <laughs> and, and we have okay, Joe. Okay, I don't want Jack Sparrow either. <laughs> Joe, yeah, I, don't I like Jack. Jack Sparrow. I don't want him as Grindelwald. As Grindelwald. I think that Joe's going to keep a leash on it. It's going to be Joe's writing. So mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, we we have to trust Joe and that's and David and both the Davids. Do you? I was about to say, I trust David, David Yates as mm-hmm. well. He... I I didn't trust him at for I didn't trust him at first, but I trust him now. He's he he was a a, a wonderful shepherd for the back half of the mm-hmm. of the main sequence stuff, and I trust him to he's and he's going to be he's signed on now for all of these movies, right? So we know that we'll have a consistent vision, um, mm-hmm. which which is going to be really helpful. And yep. one of the Mugglecast crew, who um, I think she's from Speak Beastie, said that she had met and talked with him. And she said, as much as Joe knows the characters and built the universe, he knows the universe. Mm. He is so in love with this and he's as invested in it as Joe is herself that, you know, they're going to take care of us. I think think we need to trust him. What's his face to play? (gasps) What's his face can play it? He played Malfoy. Malfoy. Oh, uh, Felton? Jason Isaacs? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jason Isaac. He can do. He can do Dumbledore. He could do Dumbledore. That'd be. He's fun. older now. I don't know. They probably won't double cast. Yeah, They'll I know. Not. Well, there, there goes my cover bunch. <laughs> so okay. So did you or, guys? I mean, catch... we can have Michael Caine. <laughs> did you guys? Liam Neeson keeps coming to mind, but I don't think he'd be the right fit. <laughs> No. no, Liam Neeson. Oh, that'd be horrible. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Did you guys catch the little purple caterpillary thing that crawled out of the rubble of the subway and sort of either turned into 
the little black piece of the Akko thing or met Obscuria. up with it, the Obscurial. So, uh, no, I did not piece, catch this at all. A piece no. of Credence survived, got away, okay. and is out there. Nope, I did and not catch that whatsoever. We have, uh, and Newt is the one who captures Grindelwald with this funky little spell that he does. And they take him away, and he says something like, oh, he's got a great line there, something about dying that he says to Newt. And he says to the president, do you really think you can hold me? And she says, well, I'm going to try. But we know she's not going to be able to, because no, then there would be another we get, we get We get three, four more movies. Right. That's right. But then they said, you know, we've been seen, because... All of New York, or most of New York, is standing outside this dome watching this thing take place. And and so the magic has been revealed, and now they're afraid they're going to have war with the muggles, the nomages. And Newt says, well, maybe not. I have this really powerful venom that erases memory. And if I give it to Frank and let him go here instead of in Arizona like I wanted to, maybe we okay, can take care I- of it. Can I ask this? I mean, even though Frank is let go here, do you think Frank went to Arizona? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was hoping. I think I he goes home. Frank, I hope so. I was hoping Frank didn't get lost. No, he'll find his way home. He's a very okay. magical beast. So he goes up into the clouds and causes a rainstorm because that's what Thunderbirds do. And as the rain falls down, it erases all the memories of... The nomads, including, in this part I don't understand at all, people that are in showers or just drinking water inside houses. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, it's just a magical got- plot device. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess it seeped into everything. So. so, okay, but here's the thing. It erases unhappy memories and maybe scared memories. That's what it does. So we have... Jacob, who they say that you have to erase his mind, goes out into the rain. And it's just such a heartbreaking scene because, and, yeah. and I don't know, did, he, did you guys watch the trailers? Yeah, uh, I, watched I actually did not. Well, in the trailers, there's a scene that is Jacob and Newt sitting together. And Jacob says, I want to be magic. And that is not in this movie anywhere. They yeah. took, take it out. But, you know, mm. you have this in your mind. They're going to not erase his memory. He's going to live happily ever after with Queenie and everything's going to be okay. And they flippin' erase his mind. And it's heartbreaking. But he does it. And none of them want to. You can tell that none of them want to. But he is, you know, he's this great, easygoing, go-with-the-flow guy. And here he is. He's going to go with the flow again. And he steps out into the rain, and he stands there. And Queenie steps out with her magical umbrella, which I absolutely adore. And oh, gives that is so freaking awesome. A big old kiss before. And then when he opens his eyes, they're all gone. And mm-hmm. he goes back to his canning factory job. But... Where he... <laughs> yeah. So, and then we have Newt bumping into him. And doing a little sleight of hand with the suitcases and he goes to pick up his suitcase and it's really, really heavy and he opens it up and there's a note that says, 
um, maybe these eggs can help you with your bank so that you can open your bank bakery. And he has left the eggshells that are made out of solid silver. So then the next thing we see is Jacob's bakery and you go into the bakery and all of the bakery items are Newt's animals. There's an arumpet and a niffler and all of these wonderful things. So he has the thing is, lost all of his. He still, he still, he still, he 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 has these remnants. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Because if the thing is supposed to be the things that are supposed to take away scary things, right? You know and what? These are memories. all wonderful things. They're not bad memories. They're right. wonderful memories. Too. And when Queenie walks into the shop, he sees her and he reaches for his neck where the bite was. So he has a memory of her too. And somebody suggested. That when she kisses him, she somehow leaves her memory with him. So mm. I don't, but, I don't know. It's however they explain that it'd be very kind of hand wavy. I think, but I'm okay mm-hmm. with that for the most part. This this is a movie that had a giant four winged magical plot device mm-hmm. that 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 saves the day at the end. That just happens to just happens to be exactly what they needed exactly when they needed. It's fine. Yeah, they can they can you can hand wave the best character in the in the movie. That's not that's not a niffler. You know get uh, you know being able to come back uh, for future movies. I, I'm fine with that. It's 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 perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and he says so. <laughs> and then we have Tina and Newt saying goodbye, and they're so funny together because he's, very cute. he's just sort of bumbly. And you just expect him to kiss her, and he never does. No. But he, he does Stupid make arrangements man. to see her again <laughs> when he brings, brings her a copy of his book. And we do know from, um, I believe, the, the Fantastic Beasts that I have, the original one, that the two of them are married. Indeed. So yeah. we we do know that she will be back at some point because sometime in the future they get hitched. Bomb the chicken wow wow. Gotta marry somebody so that he can have a grandson. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess he doesn't have to, but he should. <laughs> back in this back in this time and day and age, they do. Mm-hmm. I mean it's there's too much of a stigma, even in the, no matter if the the Wizarding World is as liberal as they are. It's just too much of a stigma at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So, okay, light bulb moment was Ariana. Hmm. <laughs> was she in fact an obscurial? Yes. I don't think. I don't think so. You don't think so? Well, someone that's repressed their magic, uh, whose magic goes completely nuts and kills her mother, who's uh-huh. hard to control. Okay, but how old was she? That's a very good question. Mm, That's true. I don't know how old she was. I don't think I can answer that question in about five seconds here. Hang on one second. I'll let you Google it. I was just getting ready to, but I'll let you do it. Like, I'm not downplaying the whole idea because it's definitely a good one. It's it's Mm -hmm. possible. I mean, I didn't think of it until my light bulb moment. That's why Grindelwald is after these people, these, this thing, because he's had this experience with her. And he, he wants that. He wants to be able to control that thing. Because it, it's so powerful. Right. She was attacked at six years of age. That's been and I think, oh, she, I think been... she was 14. Yeah. So, so she would have been a very powerful obscurial. She would have been. 
And she could, you know what? I mean, well, modesty. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. she looked. I mean, she didn't look like she was six. She looked like she was about twelve. Yeah, she did look a little yeah. bit older as well. Um, well, typing Ariana Dumbledore into Google, it automatically suggests Obscurial at the end. So it's <laughs> not an original idea. <laughs> no. Um, it it'll be interesting to see. How what happens here? But she would have been younger. I mean, Dumbledore is just graduating school, and we don't know right. how much younger she is from him. I'm going off of the lexicon right now, mm-hmm. um, and they say uh, younger than Albus by four years. Okay, so he would have been 17, so that would put her about 13. 13. She could be 12 or 13, yeah. Yeah. So not hugely out of the realm, but still much older than than they should have been. Right. And she, this would have happened before. I mean, if for this whole theory to work, he would have seen her before this point in time because that's why he's looking for one. So they make a really big deal out of the fact that kids don't live more than six or eight years old. Right. And you would think that they would know about her, but I think that the Dumbledores kept her pretty secret. So right. they, they kept her calm and everything, and, and that's probably what probably gave her the longevity of life. Right. Because they did try to keep mm-hmm. her calm, keep her safe and stuff like that. This is another place where they could do some where she could do some slight retconning. I mm-hmm. I, I don't see any reason why she couldn't um, just simply change Ariana to have sent, to have been instead of being, you know, 12 13 or, 13. or 14 being, being, being like 11 or 10. Right. Also the, the other, the other point here is that, um, based on the time I'm reading here on the lexicon, she was six when the trauma occurred that, um, repressed her magic. So she was only then an obscurial for eight years or mm-hmm. six, seven, seven or eight years instead of, you know, her entire life. So it's possible that that, that, that would be, you know, that's the length of time that she could hold it in or something. I don't right. know that it, it could be, this is another thing that could be hand waved a little bit, mm-hmm. but, and, and I would be okay with that. And I usually like things to be explained more than than this. That's why I'm. That's why I'm. Uh, I'm saying I'd be okay with it. Um, it's uh, it, it, that would be that would be in in the ballpark at least. Um, and it would make a lot of sense. It would it would it would put Obscurials on Grindelwald's radar. Mm-hmm. It would um, mm-hmm. it would explain that. It, it's interesting to me. I the the connection I made not was not Ariana, but rather uh, Harry. It's it's interesting that he you know he, he was he was told he was a freak mm-hmm. and he and he, mm-hmm. and he was and his his uh, his magic may not have been repressed but he was he was repressed certainly right it's and it's it's curious that there aren't more that that, that this sort of thing didn't happen to him it's per, perhaps simply his I don't know he he had an outlet of accidental magic but and so would it's theoretically. Yeah, I I don't know. He maybe stood it's up to them, even if it wasn't all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. but no, he stuff. still did. He st- I mean, but the thing is, Neville could have been one too. Yeah. I right. mean, they didn't know Neville was anything until what? Until he, until his uncle dropped him out of a ten-story window or whatever it was. <laughs> Poor. Yeah, Neville. and I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I wonder if 
if she's ever going to go into it more. Maybe there's a, an aspect that you have to have very serious physical and emotional abuse for it to have for this to happen. That it's just is uh, because it's a very dark, you know, kind right. of uh, manifestation. Okay, uh, um, how about this? This is okay. Maybe this is uh, this is awful to go here. But what about mental retardation? Could that be part of it because they don't understand what's happening to them? Could they end up being, mis- I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could, it could, or, I mean, it could be some kind of brain defect or, or something, or they got hit in the head. I mean, like a concussion or something like that. Yeah. Well, I, not just a, I think that, I mean, if we look at Credence, it was, that was oh, oh it, yeah, it was, a combination of the suppressed magic and the abuse and, you know, just the bullying and stuff like that. We know that Ariana was attacked, um, possibly molested. It never comes right out and tells you that, but no, it's very big. Some nudges that way. So there's, you know, it's that suppression and abuse and stuff like that, that seems to trigger this. Yeah, it seems thing. like, yeah, I mean, I know, like, even, like, even with some, like, I was just saying with mental retardation and stuff like that, I mean, you, usually when talking to someone who, ha- who has, who has that, they have that innocence, that purity to them. Uh-huh. And it doesn't, and honestly, you don't see something evil come out of it unless mm-hmm. there is abuse or, or they've been taught that, or, or like anybody else, they have been treated or taught that way. I don't know. But the thing is, who knows? I mean, they could be schizophrenic. I mean, my God, look at the Lestrange. Why aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, that's, I no, that's all inbreeding right there. No. <laughs> well, my thought after seeing this movie was the magic is back. Yep. And it was so much fun to see the magic. I wanted more. I'll tell you, I was, I was happy that it was, it was like, it was just another movie. It's another Harry Potter movie, Mm -hmm. but it was, and I'll I'll tell you the writing was the, like the plotting was very, was very rolling. It was, it Mm -hmm. was complete. You could tell her fingerprints were all over it. Oh yeah. As opposed to Cursed Child, which, had ideas from her, but not her writing. And there, you can see the huge difference there. Mm-hmm. This it's was absolutely Joe. Correct. Yeah. And it, and it, but it was, and it was Joe, it was, it was movie, it was movie Harry Potter. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't, it, it, but it was, was great because it was as much as I, I love the movies. I love the books better, obviously, but mm-hmm. I, I do love the movies. And this was a movie you could love unapologetically because right. there was no source material except right. for these very brief descriptions and this one-off, you know, this kind of fun book that she wrote. And it was it was great. It was just fantastic. And yeah, I, I, but the one-off I say that book is with, like you paid attention more. You paid attention more to what Harry and Ron were writing in the book, right? More than because you were looking for the book. Little, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, whenever I read those things, I was looking for little, you know, kind of, you know, character moments and little, um, you know, nods to the to the actual, you know, continuity there. But mm-hmm. it's right. You care about Ron and Harry. You don't care about the beast so much. 
except right. for whatever interaction they have with the beasts. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to see, like, oh, this Hagrid would like this one and stuff. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was finding very fun and entertaining. Yes, I think what I liked about at least the books in there it was just it made Harry a t- it made Harry be a kid more than anything. Yeah. Not the. And speaking of the book, you know, uh, they the the beasts have only been just started to be. Um, Tapped, you know. There's still a lot of stuff that they can they can pull out. Oh yeah. For future ones, I mean, I, like I said, the the Lethafold is one um, that'd mm-hmm. be really interesting to see. I actually, when I made I made a list going through and to see, and I actually had missed a couple that were in the that I hadn't thought I had forgotten were in the movie, like the Graphorn and the Nundu and the Deeracall. I saw also was in the movie, but like they've got the fire crabs and they got mm-hmm. the Foopers and the rune spore, the cool like three headed snake thing. Did they, they have and, the salamanders in it? I don't think they no. had the salamanders either. They just had the uh they had the ashwinder egg. Right. But then like there you can also have like a quintiped and you can have the little golden snidget. So you can have all sorts of like really great oh. ones and Are while still like keeping extinct. I don't think they're extinct. I think they're really, like, really, really um, rare. They've been hunted close to extinction. Well, then Newt would have a couple of the a breeding pair for sure, because he. You would certainly hope yes, so. You would think. And I imagine that'd be super cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it would be adorable. But it's it's set up really well to to continue on, and it's really it's a really fascinating period of the canon that is. So just so underexplored right. by the by the original series, and it's really quite interesting. And it's very it's gonna be very interesting to see because it also kind of intersects with uh, Muggle history. You know how does how does Grindelwald end up? You know uh, how how does he intersect with uh, the rise of the of the, the of Nazis in Germany and. And such, and how does and how is this all and how does World War II fit in with all this? It's mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see, and I really like the idea of them. Like um, I was talking with my sister about this; she's also a huge Harry Potter fan, obviously, and um, and and my fiance, and we were talking about like what if like in if the next because it's going to be five books. Like this was in 19, and this one's like 1925. What if they come back and do 1930, and then 1935, mm-hmm. and 1940, and then 1945? Like just do every five years. Mm-hmm. Like that would be so cool. Cool, just right. to see kind of this 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 large breadth of, of history unfold, it'd be really mm-hmm. cool. So um, I think that that's kind of the plan. I mean, I think that we're going to end up seeing the duel at the very least. Oh my god! How, what a them. what a great way to end that would be. To end Johnny Depp and Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a campaign. Dumbledore. Uh, you need to tweet to Joe and tell her that you've picked the Dumbledore that you need, and she needs to to be, you know, working on him. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. So here, here's just a, you know, she said that what she said was Warner Brothers had had sent her a message and said, "Hey, we really, you know, we bought the option to Fantastic Beasts. They also bought the option to Quidditch Through the Ages." Hmm. And so we need you to give us some more information about this because we want to turn it into a movie. And so she started writing things down and before long, she pretty much had just written the player, you know, had written the movie mm-hmm. and figured it out. And then she went through and they, they had optioned it for three or she, they had put a placeholder for three movies. And then when she finally 
did the timelines and figured out everything she wanted to do, it's going to come out to be five movies. But how's this for a thought? If we're getting this, might we get Marauders somewhere down the line? <gasps> Wouldn't that be awesome? That would make lots of people happy. Uh, that would make a lot of people happy. But the thing is, I think there's just so much. Can you just imagine how much fan fiction now is going to be coming out just with Newt? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The fan well, art there's there's one amazing. there's one notable problem with doing a Marauders era fic is that the ending is already is already everybody knows mm-hmm. the ending is going to be anticlimactic the ending is going to be James and Lily die and Harry is cursed yeah uh, the scar is scarred unless like, we want to go with Fernwithy's newest one which is where James and Lily and Harry all live and Neville's parents get killed. What? I'm sorry. Fernwithy has new fan fiction. She does. She does. Yes. That. She's only got five chapters out so far, but she's working on it. Ooh. Oh. I am very excited about this. Um, Fernwithy, of course, being the the wonderful author of what is it? Shifts Shades. and Shades. Shades, Shades and then of course the extremely delightful Teddy Lupin yes. uh, in the Forest Guard uh, series. I just love those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the for my money, uh, I don't think there's a better next-gen fic than Teddy Lupin and the Hunter's Moon. Like, mm-hmm. that was just – it was perfectly done. Yeah, those are really good. She's So what she's done is she slipped it, and Neville is the one who's marked. Oh, mm. that's great. That's that's a – well, the, you know what? Neville will do it in, in four. That's right. <laughs> I need to. I need to. Erin, may I share your your photo with her? Yeah, absolutely, may. I don't. It does. Unfortunately, does not show the full the full uh, shirt, but you can kind of extrapolate from there. Okay, I'll I'll uh, send her. I'll pull it off and and send her a, a picture and and tell her that Neville does it in four and tell her she's only allowed to do four books. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ray, Trisha, do you have things to say, or shall we wrap it up? I know it's getting late for I gotta, of you. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta wrap it up. It's almost, it's almost midnight. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. tired. That's okay. I feel like the only thing we didn't touch on was the Lita Lestrange thing, oh, and yeah. it sounds like she's going to be a major player in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Where was she? She's the photo. It was just a photo in the in Newt's yeah. trunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. And yes, speculation is probably has some that she's the one that he was expelled over. That's just speculation. Or at least involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he took a fall for her, perhaps. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, probably. The more that's another that'd be another parallel to Hagrid then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hagrid's getting a lot of play in this and he's not even here. <laughs> Does that mean Hagrid just got born too? Yeah, probably. Hagrid would just been born, or was he a lot? Or is he a couple years younger? No, he should be. He, uh, he was a, in school in nineteen in, in forty five. Right, were they the same grade? No, I think he might have. I think no, no. Riddle and Nimble were the same. They they might been a maybe a year or two younger. He might been a year younger or two younger. But he's yeah. within the seven years. Yeah. So they'd be close. So he's being born right around this time. Right. Fun stuff. We have lots to look forward to. And I know I, I've said this a couple of times, but there is a a podcast called Speak Beastie. And they 
they have uh, a fun little group. They open the newt case and talk about different animals each time, and they keep track of the news and things like that. So if you're interested in kind of keeping track of what's going to be coming up in the next one, they're a lot of fun to listen to. Okay. And they're not paying me to, to endorse them, but uh, uh, yeah. Hey, we don't get paid to do this. No, we don't. <laughs> we do that's it for we can go on. That's why we can go on tangents. <laughs> there you go. We stayed pretty on track today. We did pretty well. Yeah, not too bad. And I didn't even hear Aaron eating his snacks. He did really well. He promised me and we wouldn't Thank hear you. him and he did. We didn't. And no keyboard. I, I, no, I'm I'm using it. I'm using a, a laptop with a very quiet keyboard. Yay! Um, and uh, I I try to keep the ambient noise as low as possible. I know that's usually a problem for me. No, yeah, my heater's probably doing more than that. But since it's uh, below freezing here, it's 34. Oh my um, god! 34 is above freezing. Yeah, it was <laughs> below freezing when I came over. Oh no, it's down to 30. See, I knew it was. Let's We're actually see. supposed to get snow tomorrow. 22 degrees here. 35 here. I'm winning or losing, however you uh, want to put it. <laughs> it is 61 degrees yeah, with a high Aaron's tomorrow winning. of 75. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My mom's coming right, out to your neck of the woods in a couple of weeks, Aaron. Oh, uh, yeah? My aunt's turning 70, and so she's flying out to Florida to, to be with her sister for her birthday. Excellent. They are... I want to say they're in the Keys, but I'm not sure that's true right now. They're on a, a boat somewhere where they have their own resident alligator. That's all I know. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. We've got alligators in the lake that's right by my house. So, you know, it's Florida. We're, we got stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's good times. I, my my buddies with the Miami Ballet down there. Oh, fun. Well, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- so, and there we have our tangent for the night. <laughs> it was a short one. So talking we, about hey, it wasn't that big of a tangent. We were talking about a fantastic beast and where to find it. So that's true. There you go. Yeah. And if there's anything that if and alligators definitely fall in the category of fantastic beasts. They are just so cool. Mm-hmm. Just you know, yeah. Do you want to get too close? No. Okay. No. No. I'm gonna go find my little fantastic furry beast. Are you? Yeah, you know, it's, it's color time. Yeah. Mine's mine's been on on the uh, footrest of my chair here. Uh, my Maggie Sue mm-hmm. uh, has been has been here hanging out with me for the last hour or so. Yeah, Alex has been on and off my bed all night. The kittens sure. are mad at me right now. So. Over in the main house, so I think it's very appropriate to have your your animals hanging out with you while podcasting about Fantastic Beasts. I agree. Yeah. Oh, I was uh, by the litter box. <laughs> fun. Your ears are cold. All I have is a furry husband hanging out. Oh, well, those are good too. (laughs) Good times. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me for this. I've been wanting to do it since I saw the movie, and and I was having a really hard time finding people. So I appreciate you all jumping in, and I will do my best to get this out sometime early next week. I have fun uh, to be here. Melinda's next one uh, comes out Friday, and then we have one more of Melinda's left to do. I'm excited. That was a really good story, and Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the rest of the podcast coverage. We're having fun. Okay, well, 
you guys sleep well. Um, I'm going to go do the snow dance so I don't have to go to work in the morning. And if I don't talk to you before, have a Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Sue. Merry Christmas to you as well. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Take care. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.